Boys, white washes. There are none. No white washes this week. The cricket, Ashes, goes 2-1. England do win at Headingley. We do have a problem with that place. And lots of selection questions going into the Manchester Test, which starts in, well, still another four or five nights. About nine deep. Uh, NRL, again, no white washes. State of origin, the Blues win the dead rubber. I tell you what, Cody Walker looked like he uh, should have had that number six jersey on perhaps the whole series. Bradman Best, pretty good on D, but we'll talk all things rugby league as well as um, Aussie rules. Uh, we'll be following live this massive game between the Ds and the Lions. Uh, the biggest event in women's uh, soccer or women's sport perhaps is about to kick off uh, next week in the Women's World Cup plus a massive final round, UFC 290 and still... Volkanovski, is he the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world? Well, the rankings suggest uh, maybe he is. Bit of F1 over at Silverstone. Danny Rick's back, plus a bit of Wimbledon, British Open gear. Please do remember we've got timestamps. If you're watching on the YouTube, you can skip to the sports that you like. Check us out on the socials. Uh, and we like to start the show by shouting a beer. Shauna, take it away. Who are you shouting a beer this week? Yes, yeah, so slightly a little bit old for mine because it was, ooh, I think, 10 days ago at this point. Um, but a regular of Shout a Beer fame for us. I'm just starting Shout a Beer this week for Ash Barty, who had a baby a couple of days ago. Um, so, you know, officially, you know, retired from tennis, retired from the sporting arena, um, as the, say, the, the best in the world at the point, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, take up family life, essentially. Um, that was mm-hmm. reports, and she's followed through with that and had her first child. So, congratulations on that. Um, enjoy being a first time mum. Very good. Uh, can have one probably breastfeeding. After that, probably gets a little bit hairy. Don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Anyways, speaking of <laughs> baby best, breastfeeding, best feeding. <laughs> I'm shouting Bradman Best. Bradman Best gets a double on D butt for the New South Wales yeah. Blues. Uh, boys, at the start of the year, if anyone uh, was picking their Origin teams. Probably no one had Bradman Best uh, going out there, but he played his uh, ass off and the Blues get a win. We'll talk all things State of Origin in just a minute. Heading over to Bali and getting that shin tat did him a uh, world of good. <laughs> he looked unstoppable. Uh, he looked pretty good uh, uh, inside the Fox and outside Cody Walker. Uh, 21-year-old and uh, tell you what, the Blues have got some uh, some good headaches to have uh, for next year in that who do they pick at centre because uh, they're defi- fullbacks. Yeah, they've <laughs> definitely got a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> but enjoy a beer. I'm sure he had plenty Wednesday night and mm. is he backing up for tonight? I'm not sure. We've got the Aussie rules on but uh, we'll, we'll check in in just a second. We could probably switch over for a second. Also oh. probably the best name getting around in sports in general. So enjoy mm. – a cold one on me, Bradman Best. Very Mark? good. Yes. Uh, not much news in the NFL world at the moment. No. So he's named. Sorry. He's playing? Yep. Nice. And Max, I'll shout out. Yeah. Throw it over to you. Yeah. Don't worry about me. Uh, How's your week, baby? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. sorry. I'll, just, I'll just go home. Wait, I am home. Still going to upstairs, brother. Yeah, true. All right. See how many cans I get through tonight? Mm-hmm. Um, no, yes. So not much happening in the NFL world. So I thought I'd shout Quinn and Williams a beer uh, of bless you, thank you, fame. Uh, when he was doing his rookie interviews, mm-hmm. uh, coming off his rookie deal, he signed, re-signed with the New York Jets um, for 
$96 million over a four-year deal with 66 mil guaranteed, making him the second highest paid um, defensive lineman, defensive tackle uh, in the NFL at the moment. Mm-hmm. That's a bit of cash. How old that is Young Quinn? He'd be 25? 26-ish. 26? Coming off his rookie deal. That's a, that's a bag. Yeah. There's a lot of money there for Quinn Williams. It is. Well, that, that Jets I mean, defense starting to get a little bit nasty. Yeah, oh, mm. definitely. And I think it well deserved for him too because uh, I saw a stat that he's – for the Jets, when he's on the field, they have the number one amount of pressures. When he's off, they're last. So, yeah. Yeah. so he, he not That's only big. like really helps them out but he makes everyone around him better. So. Bro, if you're his agent rocking up to that <laughs> contract meeting. <laughs> the stats don't lie but in, uh, in this case. Yeah. That's it. Well, talking of his stats, uh, last season he t- had a total of 55 tackles. 12 sacks, two forced fumbles, one recovered yep. after 12 yards. So definitely very productive on that. Not mad, that bad for an interior lineman. Pretty handy player, old Quinnen. Yeah. That will get us into the mop of the week and the mops this week is going to the West Indies <laughs> mm-hmm. in terms of their cricketing prowess. Uh, they've missed out on the World Cup. That's going to be the first ODI Ooh. World Cup without the West Indies and they're over in uh, – well, they're at home uh, mm-hmm. playing against the Indians right now. Sean, did you, uh, did you catch much of uh, the first two days in uh, <laughs> of this test match? I don't think many people would have caught the <laughs> first two days of this um, besides probably – the Indian are faithful or hardcores um, because, yeah, it's uh, been a uh, – One-way traffic? Yeah, that's probably the best. So I was going to say shit show, but it's close enough to be one-way traffic. Um, uh, I'm really bringing into question whether it's worth the West Indies playing test cricket at the moment because um, they've very much fallen uh, fallen away, uh, all out for 150, and then the Indians went out and um, easily chased that down and they had – both their openers scored tons. Um yeah, so yeah, just showing that the uh, the difference in the class and the tiers at the moment, how far far away they've they've fallen. You talk about tiers, like West Indies is now the bottom tier of of yeah. Test cricket. Uh, it's almost getting to the point, like you say, should they just be playing against Ireland and, and Bangladesh? Like, do uh, sh- do we even waste our time mm. with these Test matches against India? Yeah. Um, and big, or are they warm up games? Well, we saw the one-way traffic that was the the West Indies Test uh, over yeah. here in the summertime just gone. Mm. I think they're back this summertime for a couple. Uh, it's mm. getting beyond a joke. Um, it's it's sad for such a a proud sort of cricketing area to to uh, have fallen as far as they have. And uh, I think maybe mm. look, getting dished by India. They are only two days into the Test, but. They're obviously they're going to lose this by, by, an, inni- by an innings, you'd reckon. Um, Coley might actually get a ton. He might do. He might do. <laughs> <laughs> well, his, his openers uh, have n- had no trouble getting tons out there. Yeah, Paul Shidman. Shidman only getting six. But uh, for mine, it's the it's the missing out on the white ball World Cup, which maybe stings more because mm. that that's their forte. That's that's we've invested. So little into Test cricket over the years, over the over recent memory, one could forgive their their lack of performance in in this one uh, in the red ball format. However, on paper, you'd think that white ball team should still make a World Cup, and for for them to miss out when uh, when the the powerhouse of the Netherlands goes through, um, it's a it's a dire stage for for West Indies cricket fans. We we've spoken a bit about it on this podcast in the past, but uh, I think this is the nail in the proverbial coffin. Yeah, definitely. And you look at some of those numbers, it's not like 
uh, India were playing at a significant pace. They faced 113 overs. Shoot up some balls, baby. Yeah, just happy yeah. to hit it around and, um, uh, you know, soak up the game. <laughs> They'll probably bat once and then job done. So they're trying to get as much batting practice. Yeah, a bit, bit of a net, bit of a stick. Yeah, how many how many bottles did West Indies have? I Eight, think. I think. Rose, no. Joseph, Cornwall, Warwick and Holder, Braithwaite, Hansley, Reefer, Black. Nine, you're right. So <laughs> Just trying everything. Just besides the keeper. <laughs> and, well, and then one more and then he's, and then he's set. Uh, shout out to look, young uh, Jaisval, I think his name is. We've seen him in the uh, IPL. He's made 140-odd. He's 21. So there's another young Indian yeah. stick that everyone else has got to worry about. Yeah. Uh, click on the West Indies team. Um, how are uh, Oh, well, I guess half the team's there. Um, it's not, it's not <laughs> it's like – nine out of 11. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going for name value because um, I think well, we talked about this in the past. But well, it's well, not – yeah, but Braithwa- Braithwaite and Chanderpaul and yeah. Blackwood and Holder and Alzari Joseph. Look, they're Cornwall all staples. Came, the big Re- fella comes back in the day. Rakeem the Dream. Yeah. He's there. <laughs> Rekre- was he, he was yeah. their third highest scorer. Yeah, he's going to go out and score yeah. 300 in the second innings and eight, 18 pies. And <laughs> yeah, big slugger. Big time, big time. <laughs> no, it's a sad day uh, for West Indian cricket. Yeah. But, uh, look, it's been a long time coming. So they get the mop of the week. Uh, cricket fans would like to see him. Do a bit better, but I don't think it's happening anytime soon. Yeah, well, I think Queer fans have been waiting for the West Indies return to the form of the 80s. <laughs> Not that good. <laughs> it's 40 years ago now. <laughs> like mid-90s. Good. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Mid-90s good would be nice. Yeah. Still need Australia to be able to beat them. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of, let's talk some cricket. No 5-0. No 5-0 mm. fuck off. No 5-0. The whitewash is off the table. Uh, it was a good test match, although, um, look, it could have been a bit worse if uh, if England knew how to catch. That is for sure. Well, that is for Pacific sure. Englishman knew how to catch. Indeed, <laughs> although he's done a bit for him recently. Let's talk about the third test that uh, has uh, wrapped up a couple of days ago over there in Headingley. Uh, England get the win by three wickets. It was a good test. It went down to... Uh, pretty much the wire, but uh, England getting the bickies in the end. They did win the toss and sent us in. And uh, if it wasn't for a bloke they call the Bison, we could have been in real strife in this one. Uh, definitely big time. Um, there, he wasn't the only one dropped. He was dropped on twelve. Uh, head was dropped uh, multiple times as well, um, and that was kind of the big, big difference in that first innings. Um, I think the stats from Johnny were. Like nine catches and one stumping, but he had seven drops and one miss stumping as well. That's um, over the three games, is it? I believe yeah. so, yes. Let's go with the three games, yes. Um, but, you know, a number in this one, unfortunately. Um, and this, I think the, that equated to our most oh, 150-odd, let's go for just quick math, uh, of runs that they, they leaked that they could potentially have not had. Well, yeah, Bison was dropping 12. He makes yeah. 118. Well, it makes up most of them. 106 right there. Yeah, so – um, that was probably the, the biggest one. Um, but then they went through the back end pretty quickly. Um, Fucking oath. Yeah, to keep it to 263. And I think uh, when you go back and look at the second innings for the Australians, that was probably the difference, I reckon, is how quickly they got through the tail end and they didn't really add any extra value. Because no. um, I think if they scored another 50, uh, this would have been a very different test match because we basically got to the point of um, Wokes and Wood um, on, on the last day and – Maybe a Scott, Scott Boland dive and with 50 to go, they had two wickets at that point. So, you know, again, very different test match. Yeah, potentially. Should have, would have, could have. 
is your your tail not making runs the difference in test matches? Possibly. Well, uh, Wood uh, was a was a big inclusion for them. Yeah, he's scary. He actually bowls genuine wheels. You could see in this uh, first innings how he cleaned up our tail with with no dramas and gave our top order a bit of uh, a bit mm-hmm. of curry as mm-hmm. well. Uh, that ball to Kawaja where where Uzi just played all around it, poles everywhere, yep. pretty scary. Uh, we've got to talk about the elephant in the room, and that's David Warner versus Stuart, Stuart Broad. Broad. Broad got him twice in this Test match. Yep. Uh, a lot of speculation leading into the fourth Test as to should Davy, you know. Hang up the hang up the gloves. He has said that at the end of the year he does want mm. to retire at Sydney. Does he warrant um, you know selection, selection uh, yeah. until then? Yeah, well, I don't know if you want to save maybe some of that selection chat, chat to the end about what team we go mm. into the fourth Ashes because there's a few there's there's a few blokes knocking the door down uh, that are currently in England as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, it could be a bit of an interesting team. I think it might be mm. uh, uh, pitch you know deck. Dependent. Uh, dependent as well, um, and that's probably for Todd Murphy because he had no role in this game. No, <laughs> could generally just I think because the pace of the game, the game um, was you know besides the rain could have probably been a three day test. Yeah, um, you know lost a fair bit of game time um, across the four days um, to to the rain, which um, you know spread it out. They spread the test out, but it was a yeah very fast flowing um, game of cricket. What about our, our sort of middle order? We haven't seen a whole lot out of, uh, you know, top five ranked bat in the world in, in Manus Labuschagne. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's made starts and just not getting on with them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Smith, outside of his ton, um, bit, bit the same. So it, but, it's <laughs> – and that, and that, Well, that kind of speaks volumes to where we're at as a team as well. Our we need one of them to go. Like it was Kawaja yeah. and, then, and then it was Smith. Well, imagine when imagine when one of them like when Manus pulls his finger out and actually and actually goes on with it. Yeah, pulls his fingers out. It's a bit rough, but you yeah. Know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> when when all our our uh, elite sticks uh, back to their potential, yeah. England's in in a world of trouble. You'd think. Yep. Anyways, this one did get to four for eighty five. We were sort of on the ropes and insert bloke who hasn't played Test cricket for four years, most mm-hmm. hated man in Australia by his own words mm-hmm. at that time, and goes out and makes a runner ball one hundred and eighteen and uh, essentially um, saved this innings. What do we think of the Bison and his, and his efforts there? I, I think it was a selection masterclass because um, yeah. you, if you go back to the second Test and um, when they had Cam Green and Kerry at the crease and they bounced them for about two hours, you know, well, short stuff for two hours and they didn't score a single run until um, Green got the shits and threw the bat at it and got caught. Um, they went out and found the guy that's probably played on the, the bounciest pitch in the, on the planet for yeah. the longest amount of time and he, yeah. he loved it. Um, they had to bowl him, you know, they, did, they didn't bowl him any short stuff. Um, it was completely different when – you know, they switched and the head was then facing. It was all short because mm. um, they just knew the way he played that so well. So I think that was a, a general, like, great selection um, from that regard. And in hindsight, like, as I was watching it, I was just like, you know, when he first went out, I was like, oh, it's Marsh. You know, he's probably going to sky one and I'll be out for not much. Um, but then, you know, seeing the way England were treating him, I was like, oh, now I'm seeing why they've picked him. Uh, and, yeah, every time they bowled a short ball, it went for six. So um, uh, they didn't do it very often. Have you seen a bloke mm. strike the ball better than that in Test cricket in recent memory? Yeah. It, it was like 
just about everything as it was coming out the bowler's hand, you're like, fuck, he's seeing this like beach balls, <laughs> like that, that guy, like the pace of that ball heading back, that one that nearly yeah, took out Stuart Broad. Forward. <laughs> My goodness. I don't, I don't know if I've seen a better 118. In, uh, yeah, it, I can in, only in think of, uh, of I mean, the like, fact he was striking at 100. Like, yeah, that's, and just didn't care about the situation, just went out and played his game and it was just about everything came out of the middle. Didn't really look like getting out except for, we have to talk about it, that, that drop from Joe Root yeah. uh, on 12. and and Should have been automatic. Well, we're lucky that, that he did spill the beans there because we'll staring down the barrel of about 120 if, mm-hmm. if, uh, mm-hmm. if he didn't spill it. But uh, mm. tell you what. The Bison looked pretty good. He scored 92 runs of his 118 from boundaries. Yep. Pretty wild kind of stuff. And I think in that partnership, 155 with Head, do the mass. Marsh made 118 of that. So uh, a, a pretty crazy innings and, and pretty crazy redemption story for, for yeah, a bloke who hadn't played test cricket for four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you say there was a bit of um, – Few few laughs had in the in the press conference and the fact that uh, S Marsh, you know, the older brother, yeah. uh, was was in Bali for his fortieth. So the old man was over there touring around. Oh yeah, he's probably not going to get a gig. Fuck it, I'll go to yeah. the golden uh, child's fortieth birthday over in Bali. Yeah. He leaves. He gets a call up. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck, not going to say it. That's all right. Uh, they're they're watching in a pub uh, in, in yeah. Bali on the Bintangs, no doubt. <laughs> uh, go and go and mental, and then uh, and then the presser uh, after after day one. I don't think there was you'd get many better in world sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitch Marsh going on from saying he was the most hated man in Australia to he's the first bloke to ever score a hundred on on a UK <laughs> holiday <laughs> test hundred. That is, you know, playing. Yep. I'm sure on you know uh, in in the alleyways of London and little little. Quick pick me up game between <laughs> between drinks, and then also alluding to the fact that uh, it's three days until S Marsh's uh, birthday, and hope that he makes it because of, you can imagine a few bintangs uh, being being consumed yeah. in that. Yeah. So just just showing how cool a customer he is when it comes to the media and and the personality yeah. that is Mitch Marsh, mm-hmm. uh, and. I think Cummins as well has been <laughs> excellent in his press conferences too. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. Mm. Um, so, so just a, a, a nice all-round story, I think, for for a guy that did cop so much stick. Uh, and granted, probably that that run through sort of twenty seventeen to nineteen, maybe in that test team a little bit longer than what his performances warranted. Uh, but but a nice redemption story there to go out there and be play play play, play the most dominant in, innings. Uh, in, in Australian test cricket um, in oh, recent oh, memory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially, especially in England. And he also bowled and had genuine swing as well, mm. So, which I think was a really added value. Um, to mm. answer your question from before, I think the only other batsman I've seen recently hit like that is probably Stein. Mm. Not, not in the test arena. That's claim. <laughs> yeah. Mm. You know, big, big boys um, uh, with big bats hitting into the, to the boundary very quickly. Stokes, Stokes perhaps. <laughs> yeah, well. Stokesy, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess speaking of which, going to England's um, – First innings, mm. uh, looking all right there for the Aussies, and then as they seem we to, we were on top. We yeah. we were just on top, and that bloke Ben Stokes. Is there a more clutch cricketer getting around in world cricket at the moment? It doesn't seem like he gives two fucks about what the situation is. Yeah, I also feel like the Australians and this Test match and the last one kind of lose their way when they get into the tail and also have Stokes there, mm-hmm. and they just go everything short, kind of chasing errors from mm. from him. And, like, yes, he will end up making an error, but he also might score 80 of 108. So, um, you know, before he get like, he 
there's a drop there from Stark, but also you know to get him out a was a miss, miss hit that was skied. So you know you're you're fishing for for mistakes from trying to you know um, hit it over the fence, um, but in the process you're bleeding a lot of runs, mm. and he mm. basically wiped out whatever lead uh, the Aussie potentially would have had um, at this point. So. Um, they closed down to what was it twenty six? I think was the lead by the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it was. Um, it's it's so indicative of of where Australia versus England in England has yeah. been over the last few years. In that we really get on top, and Cummins was bowling so mm. well, yep. so so well. Had six for in the in the innings. Uh, pretty much tore through their top order. We get mm-hmm. the big wicket of Root, mm-hmm. uh, and then this bloke. Ben Stoke goes out there. He was on. He was on thirty when Broad came out. So they've got two wickets to go, and he just can flick that switch yeah. and and start dominating it. Uh, so he took a liking to to Todd Murphy. He took a liking to the short ball, as he said, and uh, and not to take away from what Mark Wood and Harry Brook did in this Test match, but mm. for mine, that was the innings that that. Uh, really set up England to to have the the opportunity yeah, to go and keep win it, this test match. keep it competitive and keep it close mm, for sure. He's kind of taken over that like as taking over captain for the team from Root. He's also taken over like that just being that consistent batter as well. Mm. Like just you can rely on him to put up a big score. Yeah, that's, a good, I, that's um, a good point there, monks, because yeah. it always used to be get Root and we can win. Yeah, and now it's get Root and get Stokes. <laughs> And we can win. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think uh, just bowling short stuff to him constantly is not not the right one. Yeah. I agree with him. I'd be more interested to see bring some more line length into it because he's a big lad. He's got big pads. Mm. And, you know, see if he can get his feet out of the way. Bowl Um, the stumps. Yeah, Yeah, bowl the stumps. So a lot more chances for wickets. So. Tactically, hindsight. hindsight. (laughs) But when when you're watching it as well, you're kind of thinking, "Oh, is is this the right tactic?" And when you don't need you know four or five short balls to him in and over. With with a Yorker. What about when Mark Wood's going out there and he's hooking, you know, everyone for sixes and he and he scores a quick five twenty four? Like you you start to think, "Oh, bowl at the stumps." Yeah, maybe maybe a few. A a big Mitch Stark in swinging Yorker wouldn't go astray. Yep. So yeah, it's about twenty six was the uh, was the lead, um, and then we we went out there and again, Davy Warner versus Stuart Broad. Um, it's Broad always getting the bickies. It seems big mm. big send off, and uh, we will save it for the selection chat. But mm-hmm. Warner moving forward, obviously a lot of uh, a lot of question marks around that. Uzi and Manus both good starts, uh, but didn't go on with it. Smudger getting two and uh, hitting it straight down mid wicket's throat and Johnny, look, there wasn't much in this. He said, "See smudge." Uh, re- he said, "See smudge." Yeah, I reckon Steve probably thought he said something else. Like, yeah, hey, uh, like he, mm. you know, he, but then it also clarified and said, uh, "said um, see you cheers, later, cheers, cheers see you later. later." Yeah, which is not what he said. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he also didn't say anything worse. Well, than that. No, exactly. Yeah. So uh, nothing, nothing to do about it. No, I agree. Uh, Travis Head is pretty good at cricket, 77, um, and really another inning saver from a middle order stick in this one. We make 224, uh, the wicket shared in, in this one, um, which really set up a, a grandstand finish. Yeah. About uh, t- 250 uh, in a fourth innings chase is right on par for entertainment. Yeah, exactly. I thought the, the Aussies needed to get 300 to win yep. this. Yep. And, yeah, 
you know, they, they still had a chance, um, but it was going to be a lot harder. And, yeah, 250 was just um, too appetising, I think. Um, and they were, they were doing a good job. They were working way, way through the wickets, the, the strains that is, kind of getting closer and closer. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, even when they got Ben Stokes, you think, oh, we've got a chance. Um, but there just wasn't enough to defend. And you got to give kudos to Harry Brook. Mm-hmm. We, we, I literally just said five minutes ago, if you get Root and you get Stokes, you're a chance. <laughs> this, this guy, he hasn't played much test cricket, but uh, he looks pretty good when he gets going. And, well, uh, Crawley and Duckett have been good. Well, that's um, true. Sending that's, Ali out of three was yeah, interesting. Um, but I guess it was that's kind of how, what he does in the one days as well, just go out there, um, see if he can score quickly, um, and then yeah. we can bring out, you know, follow that with Root. Um, Brook and Stokes. My feeling was that Brook was hurt or, or something, which didn't seem to be the case. Uh, and I th- would have thought, yeah, maybe it's a license. Tactically, it didn't make a whole lot of yeah. sense. Obviously, it didn't, it didn't, obviously it didn't cost them. Yeah. And uh, when we when we got those big wickets uh, down the order with with uh, with Bearstow and uh, and Brook going, I actually thought, oh god, we've got a sniff here. We've got a sniff. <laughs> Getting closer. Chris Wokes, it's a it's a pretty handy thirty two there, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Starkey gets five in this one. Uh, Cummins got six in the first innings. Scott Boland finishes the test with zero poles, no. and Todd Murphy mm. bowls a total of nine overs, I think, in yeah. the in the whole test match. Yep, correct. Tactically, uh, what's what's our thoughts there? Does does a a fit Josh Hazelwood warrant the dropping of the Builder Man statue MCG performance Scobo, everyone's favourite net bowler? Yeah, um, I don't think. Bowling, is there a world where we go four quicks? Thoughts? I. It's going to be a very interesting because I've seen a lot of interesting takes on this. To answer your question on Bolin, I think he just hasn't had the results that he probably would like in England. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, they've already announced that Hazelwood and Green are fit. Mm-hmm. So I think Hazelwood would come straight in for Bolin. Um, for Todd Murphy, I think with what we talked about before, depending on what the pitch is mm-hmm. and from the last two matches and what those pitches look like, probably doesn't warrant selection. So you've got then Cummins, Hazelwood and Stark. Potentially you just whack Mitch Marsh in that team. Mm-hmm. Bowl deep. Uh, well, bat deep, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, bring Cameron, Cameron Green straight back in. So mm-hmm. you've got the, the two all, sort of all-rounders. Um but then, then there's also in that world of, well, Michael Nice has been bowling and mm-hmm. batting quite well. Yeah, made 176 <laughs> not for Glamorgan uh, in the week. Yeah. so Came in at 7 for 93, they made 400. So then that answers the conversation <laughs> of do you drop Warner? Does then say you move head or does Marsh open? And then you bring in Nisa and you've got Cam Green in there and then you've got plenty of quicks, all the options you want, plenty um, of big hitters. On form. Bat, bat to nine. On form, yes, yes, yes. All of that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. The Australian public obviously, not obviously, That's but from what, what you get the, the, yeah, the feeling media, of like in, in the comments and, and the general sort of rhetoric, yeah. that's what the Australian public wants to see. Mm-hmm. But is cricket based on form? Has a, a bloke that's been, you know, a, a staple opener for how many years, uh, has he earned the right to play through these last two tests and come home and retire with dignity? Uh, has has he What's his record in England look like? Horrendous. Yes. Horrendous. There's no argument. <laughs> so there. if you go on form. Mm. Yeah, but what did the last two years of Ricky Ponting's career look like? True. And I'm True. not saying. But were what, they still winning? Mm. I'm, well, that's, yeah, that's, that, that's possibly a difference. Are we still. We're, two, yeah, we're up 2 1. We're up 2 1. 
uh, does someone earn the right to to play out uh, and and fall on their sword with 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 the nitty? Well, I think I think we've seen cricket Australia is happy with that, and you know the whole Aaron Finch kind of yep. saga and how that played yeah. out. I've, I think they've probably asked Warner like what your plan is. They've got it set in stone. They're they're happy with that, and they'll probably just follow through on that. That's my feeling yeah. too. I, I think I think if if we go to if it's two two and we go on the fifth test, maybe a different conversation. I mean, they want to if it gets out by broad again <laughs> for mm. single digits. Mm. Um, yeah, then uh, I think it either be a lot of lot of pressure to to make a significant change. In this, since you're like you said, we're up two one. Um, you know, he did get. 60 in one of those tests, didn't he? Yeah, at, uh, at Lords in the first innings. Yeah, so, you know, they might be like, oh, we'll just ride it out with him. You know, Manus hasn't been firing real great. Well, so let yeah, me look at his yeah, record. Right. If you want to point the fingers, yeah, uh, Marnie over. hasn't made many more runs. Yeah. I think it's three, mm, perhaps. Mm. But then again, there's also that conversation is, is he struggling because he's got to go out and bat too early? Well, and, and that's the argument <laughs> yeah. around, oh, can Barnes open? And, well, he's essentially been doing it <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> anyway, in this series. Yeah. I've got those numbers here. Uh, so so Marnus from three knocks has 144, averaging 24. Carey has 142. He's, he's between them. And then uh, Warner has 141, averaging 23 in this series. Uh, so... Th- there's not there's not a lot to on that uh, base. Davy Warner being dropped, being justified outside of you know Marnie's not not playing that much better, and and no one else is really banging down the door. Outside of the argument that well, could Travis Head or Mitchell Marsh open the batting? Yeah, yeah, true. And if you look at that, what's Cam Green the lowest recognised bat for Australia? Yeah, only the two tests, but he's only made eighty four runs at twenty one. So. Um, and considering the guys he bats with, say Head and um, Kerry, are significantly ab- above him, that kind of raises a few questions. But I think he's so young, you just uh, you ride it out with him. Well, that's an interesting thing with with Cam Green. But I thought he was the anointed one, the golden child, and then uh, a minor hamstring strain, and Mitch Marsh goes out and does that's what he does. Yep. Is, is there a world where Cam Green misses out on this fourth test? True, true. Um, Again, talking about form, yeah. The bloke did make a hundred in India, d- yeah. not that not that long ago. And again, I'm playing devil's advocate. This is not perhaps my own thoughts, but I have seen mm. the the argument, uh, you know, out there in the zeitgeist that uh, that Cam Green perhaps doesn't warrant a spot in this fourth test. Yeah, but then he asks, has also questions about, you know, if Cam Green's feeling feeling in the gully. Is there some of those that, that go over Mitch Master's head are getting gobbled up? He um, has been phenomenal in the gully yeah, for so a big what, man what he to adds move to the way field, he does. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, yeah, maybe bowling England isn't his his best cup of tea, but bowling Australia he's probably better than Marsh. But then you look at Marsh, he's probably one of the few that actually had some really decent swing in this match from the Australians. So, it's nice, wasn't it? Yeah. A bit so of sideways he, movement. Exactly. So whether we, uh, you know, you you pick him for a bit of that. Um, it's an interesting conundrum. And I think the questions being asked of Cummins and of uh, McDonald, the coach, um, there haven't been any concrete, yes, Davies in the team. It's been more, well, look at all the options we'll yeah. have to review. So, yeah, I think there's probably a few question marks uh, being asked asked around there. Yeah. That's what that, that's what loss will do to you. You, you start asking and start asking questions, yeah. But, again, we're still up 2-1 in the series. That's that's what I wanted to ask you. Are you worried after Headingley? 
No, I, I think that again, it was another very close test match. Mm. Um, I think we we'll have to probably go back and have a look at how you know Wood and the way he bowls impacts our team. Yep. But having you know, you've been facing Stark in the nets for the better part of a decade, so I think the guys are probably used to short staff and being bowled that quickly, um, especially being Australians. Um, uh, so I, I think that'll be okay. Maybe it was, you know. I think they did a comparison of Headingley was the fastest pitch they'd played on so far as well. It was like two uh, Ks quicker than um, than um, Lords and um, Lords, and then it was like uh, six or seven Ks even quicker than the, the Edgbaston, which was was very very slow. So mm. same thing. It might depend on what pitch they get in the full test. Might be horses mm. for courses. We are still a few nights away, so plenty can happen, I suppose. In the is, that, late, is it Wednesday? Or in the lead up Wednesday, Wednesday. Actually, yeah. cricket boys. Oh, you want to talk about that at all? Uh, well, we just mentioned started, but I was going to ask uh, England: Would they make any changes? Uh, they may have some forced ones. Uh, so Jimmy Anderson's not in the squad currently. Yes, he was rested. They should have. No, they should have a current squad. Uh, but in terms of in terms of changes, who who would be? I think Johnny's been getting the most. Yeah, and, most media. and his glove work uh, really yeah. begs the question: Does uh, does England have a better gloveman? I think the answer is yes. And I mm. think folks, folks is probably the, the best gloveman uh, in in um, England. Mm-hmm. Uh, will it be horses for courses in, in terms of in terms of the deck? Moeen, as much as we've liked to bag him, or I've liked to bag, he's often been bowling on on this podcast. He's actually got a few handy wickets. Yep. Uh, it's a good question. Their top order has actually had, hasn't been super root reliant, uh, which we've seen in, yeah. in previous test I don't matches. feel like there'd be any changes in that. Like Crawley, Duckett, Brook, Root, Stokes, I think it's all fine. It's probably um, we had Barstow, whether he, you know, whether they want to change the keepers, less so he's batting, want more keepers, um, whether they pick uh, the spinner. Or they go heavy spe- heavy um, seam, and then it's like, who are your seamers? Do they, do they rest Robinson and they put tongue in and go full pace attack? I think so they, they have to bring Jimmy back. My personal thought is they should rest Robinson forever. He bowls very mm. pedestrian, and he has a test average of twenty two, which boggles the mind. Anyways, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they come up with. Yeah, I think Tong very unlucky to, to miss out on that third test uh, yeah, given agree. those troublesome balls, that, that one that he bowled to, to Warner, which was an absolute jaffa. Uh, so to, they've definitely got no shortage of, of quicks. Uh, I think, yeah, probably the biggest question is, is Johnny Bairstow the, the best gloveman in, uh, in the UK? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that might be the big one leading into uh, mm-hmm. Old Trafford. And then hey, like this major league cricket boys is it <laughs> is it in the US is that what's Correct. happening yep. it's a, it's the US's T20 tournament and it's uh, IPL back kind of shit yes yeah it's heavily IPL backed um, uh, i guess trying to push the cricket into the american market which is one of the biggest markets for sport um, uh, so you know trying to make uh, billions of dollars and make more money mm-hmm. uh, i think he w- is it an 18 league six i think six. i saw okay um, I think I've they, got no idea. yeah, I, I think they did well enough for international talent, but they, I think they struggled a little bit. Um, but from what I've seen, and you know, it's only just kicked off. To see if the quality's any good. I think the the viewership and, of course, the 
attendance will be the interesting ones. Um, I'm not sure exactly where they're playing these matches either. So um, the, the teams, Monks is just bringing them up. Uh, they, they are like um, spin-offs of the yeah. IPL teams. The Texas just, Super Kings, the LA Knight Riders. Mm-hmm. So that's at Grand Prairie Stadium in Dallas. So I don't <laughs> think that's a big big one. San Francisco Unicorns. Okay. There's the Mumbai Indians, but it's New York, New York. Indians, <laughs> Seattle Orcas. Yeah. Surely the graphic designers could do a better, better job yeah. than this. And the, Kings right there. the Washington <laughs> Freedom. That's out there with the worst names in sporting history. <laughs> <laughs> the Texas <laughs> Super Kings. Mean yeah. logo. I'm going for Texas. Yeah. Or Texas. Mm. Uh, Texas. That come on, they're taking the piss with that Orcas. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. But click on it. Who's in their squad? It's like they're like good teams. Yeah. Like Roster. Yeah, is. there's yeah, Quinn and DeCox the there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hetrier, mm-hmm. son of J.S. Aurea. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, <laughs> running back from, uh, <laughs> from Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a few South African yeah, studs. Uh, a few local. A few, a few more South Africans. Look, and I think looking at these players, it uh, AJ Ty. It brings me to my next point, which is surely there's enough Indian people in the United States to warrant uh, some interest in cricket in in the US. I definitely think yeah. so. Um, it's just whether yeah, you know, they're still super interested in cricket or whether they've gone into the other major sports over there, you know, transition to baseball as an example. That's not a bad thing, that one. Um, but... Some big names. They've attracted some some reasonably oh, big names in the world of cricket. Well, I think they've found uh, – and it's also a good time for them um, being just after spring break, et cetera. So, spring break. Uh, before college football officially goes back in mm. a couple of weeks. So um, it's a nice kind of middle ground for that. I don't know. Do they know where they're playing? In terms oh, of ground? games? Ground, sorry, yeah. Uh, we saw that Dallas one. There's, yeah, they'll uh, make it one. It's all over the place. Yeah, the ground, all this fixture. Grand Prairie Stadium. Mm. Are they all there? Yeah, uh, they're they're all yeah. So they're out there, there officially go. built. Um, oh, oh, there's no. one, North Carolina. Carolina. Maybe uh, they move it around, have hubs and. Yeah, it looks like that. So. And then they come back. Yeah. So half of it's in North Carolina, even though there's no North Carolina team. Yeah. It's interesting. Texas. Oh, it's, it's a start. I think it's, it's the first kind of entry really into cricket into the US. Um, and. Uh, all good luck to them. See if they can, can grow the sport over there. Yeah, from looking at this, my only thoughts would be baseball is probably dead in three years, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Cricket's just going to take yeah, over. Yeah, I reckon yeah. May, maybe maybe two, 24 <laughs> months, the death of baseball. That's it. One can hope. <laughs> we'll see what happens, boys. We'll see what happens. Well, where, where do you play, play um, the uh, our mate uh, Utani, do you, do you think he bowls? Is he in the mold of Mitch Marsh? Well, he does everything in baseball. So yeah, just, yeah he's yeah. like a he's like a bison or a Cam yeah. Green. He feels in the gully. <laughs> he's got a big enough rig. <laughs> yeah, makes the best sushi on the team. Yeah. He's he's sweet. Um, no, look, we we don't mind our baseball, and obviously tongue in cheek. I don't think uh, <laughs> the major <laughs> league. Yeah, yeah, for the next hundred years probably. So. Mm. But it's it's, an, a, it's a nice. Um, it's a nice little business initiative and we'll see mm-hmm. see how it goes. Yeah, I mean it's interesting that like there's been a big push obviously for a lot of the American sports to become worldwide like 
again going back to NFL, they talk about a lot of European teams, the NBA's they very heavily invested in Asia. Mm. Yeah, the NFL they announced during the week that they the Germany game where it's Patriots taking on I don't remember. Um sold out might instantly. Be, might be yeah. the Colts. Yeah. Yeah, that was like uh, seventy five yep. Thousand stadium sold out instantly. So, but that's kind of the other way. That's bringing a big American sport to an yeah, audience. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I was getting at. Like, it's good to see that other sports are trying to get back in into America America. as well. Like oh, you've yeah. got cricket, the union sort of been floating around for a few years now. Yeah. Um, Rugby league going to Vegas, bro. <laughs> Rugby league. Yep. Rugby league. <laughs> Mate, state of origin. There you go. Speak, speaking sport. of well, that's, that's going to that's going to New Zealand. Segway there for you. <laughs> Yep, so New South Wales wins State of Origin, the whole series, <laughs> last try wins. That's that's it, yeah. Well, that's not how it works. We saved ourselves, we, you know. We, we, yeah. out there, you two wankers. Yeah. Very, very heavily <laughs> Me, Bradman involved. Yeah, I first. saw you out on the pitch and then the security had dug you away. Mate, I, I would have got – One of three. I would have gotten <laughs> yeah. to row K before uh, Seki's got me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> absolute uh, dribble, that is. But what's not dribble is there's no whitewash – Mm-hmm. Saved ourselves the embarrassment of uh, going down three zip to, I believe, the youngest team ever assembled by Queensland. 24 to 10, you got the feeling that this wasn't a dead rubber by the way that they were playing the footy. It was very open. It wasn't so defensively minded. Uh, maybe not even as, as big um, with the shots that were put on in the first half. Uh, but it was entertaining football. I yeah, think. I think like the both teams went with a more of expansion game plan and sort of trying to get a really grindy football game, mm. uh, especially in the first half. That kind of changed in the second half for the, you know, from the 40th to the 60th minute when there was no points and they just it was a very grindy, grindy out game. Um, as a you know, I guess the Queenslanders tried to work their way back into it. Um, but they, in the first half, it was all expansion, um, sideline to sideline stuff, which is great. Which ended up in some excellent tries. Mm. It was really good viewing, uh, obviously for Blues fans, but I think for fans of the sport in general, <laughs> there was a, a common theme to the way that the, the Blues were scoring down that left edge and there was a lot of it was off the back of Cody Walker. Yep. Mm. Dave Fafita did crash over for the first try uh, to to get the, the Maroons off the mark and I kind of thought, oh, fuck, here we go again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> had that feeling about it. But uh, Brian Toto with the, the quick um, hit back and – can we just talk a minute about Brian Toto and the series that he's ha- that he's had for mm-hmm. for a bloke that's playing on the wing for the losing team? Yeah, ran the ran the most meters by yeah by far. Tackle bus mm. off the chain. People say, "Oh, does he get found out underneath the high ball?" A little bit, yeah, on occasion. On yeah, occasion. all that for feet are dry, so that was over Toto. So, but but would you trade that for? You know, a bloke makes six hundred something plus meters through three games. He 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 does things that other wingers can't do. Oh, definitely, definitely. Mm. And I, I thought the Queensland's used as a little bit of a tactic as well. They because um, he did a lot of running in that first half, mm. and then it kind of wore out towards the back of the half. And then they scored hammer scored that try down that side, mm. um, really because they just could. Him and Crichton were out on their on their feet, so um, that really pushed pushed it down down the outside, and they used it. So it looked like um, both. Right edges essentially for both teams were a little bit um, sceptical, but in the second half, Crichton defended really well, helped cover off um, Toto, and then they mm. they they you know soaked up all that pressure, and then you know with a- AJ Brimson kind of coming out around the back, uh, had real no options and really didn't have the pace to kind of push that left edge, and um, the Queenslanders didn't look likely to score points after in that second half. 
Where do we rate that uh, that fox try in uh, origin folklore? Uh, not as good as Hammer's one. That's fair, and, and we got to talk about the hammer in a second. It was nice for me for to, I, see, to see the fox yeah. go out and show what he can do because yeah, I for, for, for mine, there's I mean, been yeah, a lot of kind always of, love a chip and chase. Well, and a lot of speculation as to well, does he warrant selection? Obviously, mm. missed out last year. I feel lucky like they played more of their natural game in this one than mm. it, in the second game where they kind of went with way more niggle. Like Fox was doing way more niggly stuff, whereas this he just mm. focused on playing footy and got a good service from Cody Walker, and then yeah, they kind of dominated. Mm. He's so fast. He's he's such a clean finisher. And uh, and let's talk about Cody Walker. So hadn't mm. played, I think, since 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a ball in his hands, is he the best attacking half in the in the NRL at the moment? Well, if it's not Munster, he's the, yeah, it's definitely yeah. him. So, yeah. um, and that's a comparison. Yeah, <laughs> that, that New South Wales need a Munster. Yeah, and mm. for mine, watching that, I was like, well. There's a monster. Yeah. It begs the question, should Luai have played game one and game two? Is it a no. package deal with <laughs> with Nathan Cleary? And what does – if it's Freddie in 2024, but what does the, the coach of New South Wales yeah. do? Yeah. For, for mine, I'd, uh, love, uns- I'd, love, to see, I'd love to see Walker and Cleary. Yeah, unsurprising the four best players kind of for New South Wales for, were from Souths. It's like, oh, pick some Souths guys. Yes. Oh, that's, what, that's what you had been saying. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what, what we'll picked Cody Walker since game, for, since game yeah. one. So, mm. uh, yeah. They're, they're, they're at, he's at his peak of his powers at the moment. So, yeah, next season's next season. But mm. the current, current this season, what we've seen so far, um, outside, you know, Souths as a team uh, miss Latrell, but the rest of those guys have been playing excellent. So, mm. um, yeah, and they did a really, really good job in this one. That's it. I think he – it's an interesting dilemma with the package deal, like – if you ah, – like it. I think – no, yeah, like Cleary is probably a cut above everyone else but if Luai is out, you keep Cleary and have Cody Walker or do you dump Cleary as well for like you Mitch pick the best players, bro. I, <laughs> Walker's the best. I don't think Jerome Luai should play Origin again. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't th- – and then, well, that'll you be the conversation with the coach. Cleary is still the best in terms of yep, for the combination. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then the only argument would be Nico Hines um, yep. for mine. Yep. Uh, and if he you know, can beat a top eight squad, um, uh, that are really help his chances. But, you know, he won the Daly M last year and could go very well to winning it uh, this year um, if they can play well against top eight sides. Um, <laughs> that would be my only conversation there for Nathan Cleary. So. I think the whole um, – Having a dig at, at fans as well, and and you've got to go to work tomorrow, mm. you idiot. Kind yeah. of rhetoric. Yeah, so silly. Um, <laughs> and then have your coach explain that. Well, the well look, actually, man. Yeah, apparently there was death threats, and if that's the case, yeah. yeah but Latrell tells us death threats on a weekly, so and he's not. Well, that, doesn't make, that doesn't make it okay. I'm not making it okay, but he's yeah. uh, not out here uh, attacking. Uh, you have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> I think it left a, a, a bad taste in, in the in the mouths of the Blues fans. And and look, you can only base your argument off, off what you see on the on the field. And uh, from what I saw on the field, uh, Cody Walker lit it up and uh, and should definitely be at least in the conversation yeah, would, for, for yeah. having the six it was on his back next year. surprising how big of a difference it was and it really caused Nanai to struggle in his defensive reads. Mm. And they, really, they had to change up their defensive structures. They moved Cotter across... Uh, as a big guy that can move around, trying to help him out. And DCE was mm. rushing out of the line, trying to cut off Cody because they, they knew if the ball was getting outside, they were getting line breaks. Because, mm. um, yeah, I think Nano was really struggling with his sl- sliding across 
uh, and then also making a good read on who it was um, there and just the pace of Walker really killed them. And then on the flip side, on the other side, um, Fafita let through that first try um, for New South Wales too and, you know, was off for most of the game because he had a back strain. So I think that kind of led to the reason why they um, couldn't, uh, you know, rotate out and mm. I only played the full 80. So um, I, I think they'll go away. Queenslanders was like, yeah, we probably weren't our best. Um, we you know defensively – uh, it wasn't our best game. You know, we had a few guys banged up. We were still pretty close in this. We had two bomb tries essentially. Yeah, like yeah mm. that's the, a good point. The Valentine Holmes try, um, well, you know, if he d- takes it on the full, does he score? Not let it bounce. And then the Hammer, you know, over the over the goal line, you know, hits him where he probably should have catched it. Tough chance, but the 14-point differential is not a reflection of no. how close that game was. Exactly. And the Queenslanders, mm. I felt like, had a lot of a lot of the luck in this as well. Mm. Had a lot of really good chances too. Um, they just couldn't capitalise it. And um, I think they just lacked a bit of the X factor. And I think it's a great learning lesson for Walsh um, too that, you know, like, hey, you miss Origin games and you're a big part of their structures mm. and what they've been doing. Um, mm. It showed that, you know, AJ Brimson didn't make a mistake. He played really, really solid. Just didn't provide them the, the extra spark that they, that Walsh did. Brimo played fine. He played yeah. fine, but he's Just not Reese Walsh. Walsh. Yeah, exactly. He's not Reese Walsh, and, mm. and that's said respectfully. Um, a bit of Freddie Tings, you know, mm. Pitt Gutho plays three, three minutes. minutes. Yeah. It seemed to be very reactionary <laughs> from losing a, yeah. a centre within the first few minutes and having to have uh, the beach sprinter yeah. play there. It's going to be Robson interesting. Fuck all minutes as well. Yeah, mm. it's I don't know. There's a few head scratches when we look at the team, but the the pro Freddie argument is they won the football game. So well, there's also the chat that Billy Slater is playing five D chess and is uh, lost on purpose. So they keep <laughs> Brad Fittler for next year and he can win another series. I think that's a stretch. <laughs> I know I that's, that's a real <laughs> stretch. That's a that stretch, but uh, well, even back to yeah. um, Gotham, I think he only came on because car was. Had some sort of injury as well. Like yeah. he didn't have to. Yeah, hammy or, or nothing. Yeah. Stiff. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like in the lead up, Fitler said, "Yeah, we don't have a plan for Gutho. He was just on the bench," and it was 100 percent right. He wasn't bullshitting. Yeah, <laughs> so no, it was like, yeah. yeah, we just got him there as coverage in case someone gets. Yeah, injured. you can slow him in anywhere. But yeah. No plan. Yeah. yeah. No plan. But then, you know, you're going in an orange game down a, re- a reserve essentially because you only wait for an injury. It's just mm. that leads me into my, my next yeah. question is. Did Freddie do enough to be the coach in 2024? I don't think so. By avoiding the the whitewash? No. Like he's over a record's three and three, but he's one and three in the last four mm. as well. So, you know, it doesn't help. Losing to the worst Queensland team of all time probably doesn't help his that conversation. I think Paul, you Paul words. Yeah. Um, <laughs> true, true. Uh, but uh, I think this game kind of showed that his decisions uh, were, you know, poor. You picked Cody Walker, excellent. You know, you talk about Cameron Murray and Liam Martin in the starting squad. Played excellent. Um, they have to be. Yeah. They have to be starting. Both yeah. of them yeah. were unreal. Exactly. I think and you can see the, the pace that, say, Murray gives them as a as a lock as well. You know, different to Yo and Yo who plays really well with the, mm. the linkage in that um, with the other Penrith guys. But you take them out yeah. and then you've got Murray in there. It just, it just seemed to flow way better. Like, Yo played fine as a middle off, off exactly, the bench, exactly. aiding up some metres. and Kind uh, of played in the front row after taking off yeah, Jake pretty, Turbo. So. Pretty well, pretty yeah. well. And and Cam Murray with the ball in his hand just looked just that, that little bit more more dangerous, I thought. Mm-hmm. Liam Martin, you can't fault that bloke, the way that he's played this mm-hmm. this whole series. Mm. Uh, he, he plays uh, bigger than, than what his body would suggest, an edge back rower. I thought Kalal Matangi wasn't too bad on, on debut. Mm-hmm. Um, for mine, there's no one banging down the door. 
So it's interesting. For, oh, for coach, for, yes. For, for, for New coach. South Wales. Yeah. And there's a few na- extra names like Boyd Cordner and yeah, heard not that today. I think Danny Braderis probably makes the most sense because he's in the coaching staff at yep. the moment. Yep. So uh, he's the only one I can kind of think of. Oh, yeah, I get it. It makes yeah sense. But you're also. <sighs> I think short of anything drastic happening, like the fact that they've brought in this director of whatever. Yeah. For. Well, I'm not sure if that's official, but that's you know on the cards potentially yeah. as well. I, th- I think it's it's yeah pretty much set set up that way. So I think yeah, Phil has probably got it safe for next year as long as he picks a side like the side in game three and doesn't yeah. revert back to like having your Penrith spine and trying to work around that. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. I just feel like yeah. they need new ideas, and you kind of saw it. Yeah. It's like oh, we'll try a whole bunch of new things, make seven changes, and it's like oh shoot, that worked. Mm. Pick some decent guys. Anyway, like for me, I, w- I wasn't expecting Queensland to win this game. It's very hard to win three. Three. Like I think we looked at it and, you know, even Queensland's decade of, dom- decade of dominance with like five immortals going through that team, um, they only got a clean sweep once. So, like it's, yeah. it's, it's hard to do. It's very hard to do. So, you know, going into it just as well, I wasn't expecting it. So, you know, it would have been a nice cherry on top. But either way, like I said, you boys have saved me buying you some brooms. Uh, Could have used a broom. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah, uh, I bought something else, but that has to come in in a couple of weeks. So I'll show you that when it comes. That's, that's a different different type of show. Yeah, yes, yes. Hey, extra. <laughs> Bradman best, uh, unbelievable on debut. Shouted a beer mm. at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. Is this the best game out of a bloke that doesn't play Origin for five years <laughs> that we've seen? <laughs> it could be. It could be because he's like with respect. It, yeah. I think it could also very much depend on what they do with Teddy going forward. Because, mm. you know, new coach mm. might want new ideas, um, new captain, go younger. Do they play Latrell at one so that frees up a centre spot then, mm. uh, you know, yep. healthy. If Turbo's healthy, he plays one. And then is there a spot there that, hey, maybe Bradman Best keeps it or Campbell Graham gets a fucking go playing centre. <laughs> so. the, the Teddy argument for mine, it feels like the Warner argument except – Warner's done a lot more yeah. recently. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he's the captain. Mm-hmm. He played unreal in this, this, in this he game. Yeah. He played out of his skin and he actually touched the ball less. So mm-hmm. it was more uh, impact mm-hmm. each time that, he, that uh, he touched the ball. I think also great service. They were getting, you know, Damien Cook, Cody Walker, giving them, putting it in those places to give them good service mm-hmm. really helped them. So. And I, I can see that there are people putting their hand up, you know, one through five for New South Wales. There's probably 15 blokes that, that – yeah. That you could mm. pick, but for mine, I do feel like Teddy's done enough to to say oh, I'm the captain, and if I want to go around again, and we yeah. are talking about, you know, I think it's just it's nine months time. Yeah, I think it'll depend on the coach, really. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that, that conversation, new ideas. Do I want to do something different? Yeah, that might be. You know, sorry, Teddy, um, you're not the best fullback currently. Which you know, bit of reflection of where Roosters are at the moment, and. Uh, there's plenty, like we say, plenty of dudes knocking that door down. Ruben Cotter, player of the series. Thoughts mm-hmm. on that? Uh, you play, do you play 80 minutes in all three games? 80 minutes in all three games. Yeah. He made – 1,000 tackles. So. 100, <laughs> 120. Uh, he had one error in three games. Yeah. 290 run manners, mm. four tackle busts. Yeah, I've, he got man of the match in the first game. Mm. Yep. Uh, you know, Lindsay Collins got the second game and – uh, Cody he, Walker in the third. third. Yeah, and he went. We played really well in the in the third one as as well. Kind of having to play more of an edge role there. But um, for me, I I understand it. Like the work. Like he he was definitely um, worked his backside off to help Queensland win this. 
I just mm. felt Lindsay Collins probably had the bigger moments. Like he had great moments in this game too. He was all over the place, you know, picking up balls, <laughs> chasing through grubber kicks. Yeah. Like what the fuck is Lindsay Collins doing? <laughs> but he was just everywhere. And that's kind of, yeah, I guess, you know, pretty standard Queenslander yep. stuff at this point. So, um, yep. but I just felt like he had big moments there that he could have could have potentially won this one. But no, I agree with you. I think Lindsay Collins probably had the had the highlight clips that mm. that Cotter didn't have. I kind of liked it in that it was a uh, let's reward someone that the did, workman. Yeah, yeah, just did the hard yeah. work, the the gritty kind of stuff. Uh, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that that's not catching a high ball and and running it through as a front rower. Yeah. Um, and and to be honest, when when you look at the at the numbers, you're like, geez, they're not bad numbers, but it's nothing <laughs> to write home about. But uh, it it definitely personifies that Queensland spirit and everything that, that yep. Blues fans have, have been trying to see. The bloke's 100 kilos dripping wet, and he plays as a middle front, yeah, middle forward yep. and, and gets through the work. So uh, I'm not I'm not super opposed to it in that no. sense. I think it sort of sums up the series pretty nicely as well. Like as well as Lindsay Collin did and the highlights he got, like it was either he's stiff to get player of the series, but mm. he was up there with Queenslanders as well. Yeah, um, the best. Well, well the, the only other so. one I can think of was Hammer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think so that's, a, that's a fair argument, three, I think. So. I think, um, I think if yeah. he scored that try and equals the record for most tries in a series, then that's a probably a different conversation. But, um, yeah, what do you get, four and three? Four and three, yeah. it was a basic so away from, from five. He had 300-odd run meters. And, mm. and just yeah. that, that try in the third game as well when when he goes down the left edge and puts it in for himself and, and just outruns Toto, he, makes him look slow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he's doing things that not many uh, outside backs are doing at the moment in, in the rugby league. Yeah. So uh, shout out to the hammer and, and probably oh, nearly rolls us into to this round, but – uh, I'm I'm happy for 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 Ruben Cotter to to win the the medal, but uh, definitely a few names that, that could be thrown in the hat yeah. there. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so New South Wales also avoid the whitewashing under 19s. Mm-hmm. Three Ethans, did you mm-hmm. see that in the in the? So so if I was a betting man, put your money on one Ethan <laughs> to play to to play Origin football moving forward. <laughs> yeah. So Queensland get the biggies there, and Queensland get the biggies in the. No, New South Wales got that one, and Queensland. In the, Queensland got the girls. Yes. Yeah. In the by aggregate. Yes. Yeah. Can they give them three games? I don't like, know why fuck not. Me. Yeah. So they give them two games, and I don't know if it's a cost thing or blah blah blah. Scheduling. But yeah, scheduling. Know. Just give them three games, seriously. Then you don't have to go to aggregate. Uh, there's a bit of chat ongoing. It's been going on all year. Well, no chat. <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's it's the blackout. Thing. Just blackout. Yes. Around uh, the media and interviews and yada yada. Yeah, well, the players have uh, have uh, the rugby league players association because they can't get a deal. Um, they're sick of the NRL fucking them over. Um, this has been going on since November, and they had that big thing in December mm. where they said we're going to have the biggest salary cap ever, and uh, rugby league players like we haven't agreed to anything. So, mm. um, you know, it's been a bit of a shit show for the better part of six six months, and you know, no headway. So they've taken the Stance to have a media blackout that none of the players will give um, interviews or or any sort of um, in-game conversation. Um, and I guess the question is, did you notice any of that in State of Origin? Did it apply to State of Origin? Because yes, so there was no halftime conversations. There was no after the match conversations, okay. interviews. So they did the speeches, you know, accepting mm. the trophy, yep, did the yep, speeches, yep. and that was it. And there was nothing else after that. 
To be honest, I wouldn't hate if they cut out the halftime. I think that's a fucking encroachment on someone's privacy. Just <laughs> bad luck. So surprisingly, <laughs> it forced the the, the um, analysts in commentary to actually do some analysis um, and, and talk for a little bit instead of going down to the footy players and say, "Hey, you going? Oh, yeah, we're going good. It's it's not too bad. Or oh, they're they're a bit hard yep. and they're getting all over us, but you know we'll come back." <laughs> you know the the usual kind of uh, typical rhetoric. Um, slogans, etc., um, which adds no value. Um, no. Made the analysts actually talk about the game and what was happening, etc. So, no one noticed. I didn't notice. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see uh, yeah, through yeah. through the weekend uh, how much the the blackout uh, does does oh, weigh. I'm into, just loving all things. the dinosaurs going. They're so greedy, blah blah mm. blah, etc. And it's just like, nah. We follow the NFL long enough to know that you know, the media is essentially in. NRL and ownership's pockets, they're going to push their agenda and, and pay them what are, what yeah, worth, want to right? pay them peanuts and save as much money as possible. So players, um, 100% behind the players to get what they want and get what they need. 100%. Mm. Anything else to add? Uh, no, not really. Um, nothing's really come out after that. Obviously, with no players actually speaking to the media, there's probably <laughs> no news. <laughs> yeah, it makes it buzzing. <laughs> actually have to talk about some shit for a change. Yeah. Better get into that. Round 20, boys, it's the last multiple buy round, so only single buys moving forward to the real business end of the season. Uh, the Knights are currently playing the Tigers. If we I'll get a score, get a score update on that. Knights Appy, 18, Tigers 12, about half time. Very good. Appy Coruscant returns after that broken jaw. Uh, the big talking point in the week of rugby league outside of State of Origin was this Bulldogs pub deal that... <laughs> Apparently never happened. Who who do you believe? One Phil or the other Phil? Forget about Elon no Musk fans, versus Mark Zuckerberg. These are the two <laughs> fucking big studs that are going to throw down in the octagon. So, I, I heard, apparently, uh, the oh, Battle of the Fossils. They both have <laughs> yeah, fossils. They have heart attack. <laughs> we, need, we need the ECGs on standby. <laughs> on standby. Uh, so essentially Buzz wrote an article that was saying, Tino Fasasu and Malawi was going to come down to the Bulldogs. Gus had enticed him with a contract yeah, and uh, some shares in a in a pub, an investment opportunity, if you would. Mm-hmm. Gus came out on Monday and said, you know, it's out of rubbish. Someone made it up. They're trying to taint, um, you know, our club because I'm the head of the club and, and Buzz was saying I didn't break any rules of journalism. Uh, essentially... If I could do a pay-per-view, 60 bucks on a Sunday, there's there's no <laughs> 60 bucks that I would rather spend to watch Phil Gould v. Phil Rothfield in a physical sense. Yeah, and some short shorts and yeah. some gloves and go for it. I'll pay extra. Let's go. <laughs> All right, would, what are we thinking? Would they even here, be mate? able to get up into the ring? <laughs> there's, a few oh, st- there's a few stairs. You, use the a Give me a hand. Give me a hand. I'll be right. What's your thoughts here? Well, I... Generally, with a lot of this stuff, where there's smoke, there's probably fire. So there might be some truth to this. I think a lot of the clubs have been doing and dodgy third-party deals for a very long time. And you know, we talk about the Roosters, Sembraros, and paying people in Mercedes and Hiluxes. Like, you know, there's, there's got to be some truth to the, some of those rumors. There's definitely got to be some some deals happening in the background. So, yeah, whether it's a pub or whether it's something else, um, they got to put the money together to, to entice Tino to go. But um, you know, it's been made official that Tino's uh, triggered that cl- contract clause. He's now a free agent um, for November 1st um, and so is Payne Haas um, doing the exact same. So, um, you know, probably the two best props in the game at the moment uh, are on the market. Uh, but 
on this. You know, Phil Gould's probably got bigger problems at, at the doggies at the moment that he needs to deal with. Um, uh, and he's going to do what he can to get a player and if he throws in a pub deal, then that's what he'll do. So is there anything wrong with it? Like is there anything well, wrong no, having shares? Can, I don't think you can't. Like I don't think. As long can. as you report it and say it's a third-party deal, like it's part of his deal. I don't think you can. Mm. I don't yeah. think you can offer that outside of the the salary mm. that you're paying someone. For, think, that's my understanding yeah. of, of how it works. I mean the implications of it as well, like so you offer this guy shares in a pub or whatever, hotel, whatever it might be. Yeah. What happens if they don't want to play for the Bulldogs anymore? What happens if it loses money? Do you say that that has to be reimbursed? Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's all bullshit and I think possibly the story itself is <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Could very well be from Buzz, but... Yeah. Uh, outside of that, outside of that, let's just talk speculatively. Uh, mm-hmm. Huss and, and Fasur, mm-hmm. are we saying that they, they both might test the open market yep. come November 1? Yep. Which club might have the cash? Who who could uh, could uh, sign these these fellas? Because tell you what, it's maybe one A and one B in in best props in the game. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think we've already there's reports like sixteen clubs are interested in us, mm. which probably means everyone. So I'd um, say so. Yeah, yeah. like, like the the clubs will try to find out. You know, you know what he's what he wants. Um, uh, which is, is over a mil a year, and I think Tino is probably in the same conversation. He, he, Are they worth it? Uh, well, Huss plays eighty minutes for the Broncos, so yeah, I'd say so. Yep. Tino is mm. pro pretty close. You know, he doesn't play a full eighty, but he's the captain of the Titans, and no, I'd agree. Um, I'd agree he's up there. So yeah, they're twenty three. Yeah, and they're, they're That's also both super wild. young. So <laughs> sign them to like, a four year deal for a, a mil, yeah. mil plus. Yeah, and then yeah, I. I th- I think they're worth it and uh, they'll test it. Uh, whether Husk goes and plays NFL, I think that's uh, highly unlikely and I doubt it. But, Bit of a stretch. But his manager, of course. Fox is, Sports, apparently. Yeah, yeah, well, I think his manager's been, uh, they, you know, probably a, a building trial. Up that, building up that market. Yeah, although, the, you know, the NFL's probably reaching out, saying big boys that can move around and, you know, said, hey, come over here and, um, you know, do a training camp, do a mini camp with us, you know, trial and train kind of thing, see, see if you've got anything. Because um, I think paying us, it's more the Jordan Mylanta kind of storyline. Bring him over, see if he's got yeah. the feet, put 20 kilos on him and he play tackle. So Jordan Mylanta is so much bigger than paying us, just quietly. Yeah, well, are they the same height? Uh, no, it's like four inches different. Well, yeah. Mylanta is huge, dude. How, how tall is us? 6'4". Six, 6'4". Four. Six, four. Yeah, Mylanta is 6'7". So. Yeah. yeah. Midget 6'4". Yeah, yeah. Um, but he could play right tackle, same thing. Like he could have good feet and you know, put on 20 kilos, get to that 300 pounds. He's also the, the best yeah. at his position currently in the NRL. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. I don't <laughs> see it happening. I think it's just more 1.94 metres. 6'4". Yeah. So, yeah, I think he'll just sign a big deal, probably with Brisbane to stay. Um, by all reports, he mm. wants to stay at Brisbane. He just wants to see what his value is because he's 850, I think he will be next season. Um, if he takes his option, but they might just bump him up to make him feel better. He could probably get more. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wests would throw everything at him. You'd think so. Uh, the dogs uh, probably get r- rank <laughs> Frankie outsiders, I was going to say, yeah, in this one. Yeah. Against yeah, the Bronx. Yeah, Bronx heavy favourites. Big interesting game. Manly take on the Cowboys at Four Pines. Park. This is ninth oh, versus tenth. One turbo, I think, if JT backs up because Ben hurt his hamstring again, 
and of course um, Tommy Tommy's got the the shoulder, so he, well the pack he'll be his the season's done. So uh, it's mm. if JT backs up, then they've got at least one turbo. But yeah, you know, usually without any turbos, they they struggle. So um, I've I picked the Cowboys in this one. He's in, I've, I've he's got the Cowboys too. He's in the lineup. B Turbo. Uh, sorry, yep. J J Turbo. J Yep. He has a third hamstring. I think he strained at training this week. Uh, recurrent mm. hamstrings, poor fella. Yeah. A third one. Mm-hmm. I've only got two. Third time he's done his hamstring. Sorry. Um, but he, big game. Yeah, I think mm. he, you know both teams kind of wanting to maintain and kind of push their way into the top eight. Um, big win here. I think the Cowboys will be pretty good coming off Origin games mm. um, with their stars coming back. So, dude, uh, the Cowboys have been better in the Origins like time than without. Yeah, it's crazy. I feel like they just needed that kick in the bum through the origin period and lit a fire under them a little bit. Big time. Uh, Roosters for Storms, an interesting one. It's going to be at the Sydney Cricket Ground. And lots backing up. I don't think Teddy's backing up, so I think it's Joey Manu to play one. Mm -hmm. uh, And then the rest uh, should be backing up in Collins, Munster, Grant, Coates. It's probably must win for for the Chooks, you'd think. Yeah. And I don't think they do. I think the Storm will get even if it, even though it's on the Sydney Cricket Ground, I just yeah think the Storm will be too good for him. Warriors mm. Sharks uh, two PM Sunday. Sean Johnson he's having some kind of year. Mm-hmm. Resigns for another year. Fourteen is it in the NRL? Yep. He's fourteenth season. Very very good there. Wild. Um, interesting take here. Uh, Sharkies taking on top eight side. Haven't won against one of those in a while. <laughs> uh, Warriors win. Yeah. Are they at home? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Could very well be a Warriors win here. Finns, Panthers. Panthers will have a lot backing up. Mm. The Finns uh, haven't also been horrible couple. this year, but they do run into the best team in rugby league. Yeah, and I think by reports Nathan Cleary's back. Yeah, uh, named on very close. extended bench, so yeah. it would be interesting to see what happens. He's, he's very close. Fantasy owners, uh, start saving your pennies, but we might have a full strength Nathan Cleary come next round. Yep. And then Eels Titans, probably an important game in terms of uh, finals aspirations. Uh, we already mm. spoke, I suppose, about about Tino yeah. and uh, and Fafita. Uh, that's seventh versus eleventh uh, on Sunday, Arvo. Mm. Uh, Josh Hodgson confirmed out for the year. Yep, confirmed today. He's got to have neck surgery, which is unfortunate. After he's had three ACLs, I think as well. Yeah, he's been through the ring of that bloke. Yeah, so it's um, a bit tough there for for Eels and Eels fans. And then. Raiders Souths and Dragons, lucky Dragons. Hopefully they can beat the bye. Um, tough win. game, tough game. They did do, they did lose two guys during the week, both Jadens. Uh, season's done, I believe. Did see, did see. It's, uh, well, obviously it's between the Tigers and the Dragons for that wooden spoon, mm. especially with the Dogs getting a win against South last week. Uh, the Dragons oh, do play the Tigers, I believe, next week or the week mm. after. So that could be the spoon bowl down the bottom of the, <laughs> of the table. <laughs> the toilet bowl. The toilet bowl. Let's go south of the border down to Victoria and the likes. Let's talk some AFL footy. Come on, dainty fingers. Boys, Swans, Dogs, pretty good game last night. Two points and went right down to it. Fancy this, uh, two milestone games in terms of coaching. So Horse, Longmire, mm-hmm. 300th, Luke, Bevo, Beveridge, 200th game as coach. Uh, a bit about uh, Bailey Smith in the media this week. 
Uh, Cat's interested in in putting mm-hmm. pen to paper with mm-hmm. him. I'm sure mm-hmm. there's be lots of teams that'd be interested in yep. signing Bailey Smith. He didn't play in this one, had an illness. Uh, Sam Darcy comes in. Swans go without a recognised ruckman, which a few teams have been doing this year, and essentially gets them home. Uh, but Tim English did face. He had sixty six zero hitouts in this one, twenty two disposals. The bot did Bond thinks he was pretty good with 31 and two goals, but the Swans do keep their mm-hmm. slim finals hopes alive. Errol Gordon's pretty good at footy. He had 30-odd. Tom Papley, four goals. Uh, Swans are sort of in that Carlton, in that Richmond kind of rhetoric. Uh, Got to make know. sure they beat the the bad teams, and then yeah, um, it's it's all and try to steal games against the good ones. It's all kind of speculative. You look at that top eight, and there's a few strong teams in there. Yeah. I suppose the, the Swans, out of all these sort of teams in the hunt, if you wouldn't mind scrolling down there, monks. Mm-hmm. There's even after that win, they're mm-hmm. only equal with with Carlton and Richmond, who have games in hand. So yeah. it'll be a yeah. tall order if they can get it done. But obviously, winning last night didn't do their their um, chances any harm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. How are we are we half time here in in uh, D's lines? Looks, looks like, like half time. Uh, yeah. It was interesting. <clears throat> the the D's got out to a very big lead. I think they had a thirty point to one lead at one point. Um, but lines going to the half leading by one point. So a point, a point in it. Yeah. yeah. So fifty one to fifty two uh, in the Lions' favour. They've really uh, must have clawed that game, clawed their way back into the game. And this is a big game for them because um, a lot of the media talk all week's been can they win at the MCG. And especially against Melbourne. So, um, you know, it looks like they might have started off a little bit um, jittery, but they've come back in, um, brought this game back together. So hopefully a good halftime speech and they can uh, go out there and uh, play a good game of footy. I think I saw they've lost 12 of their last 13 at the MCJ. So obviously the the proverbial uh, knock on the lines is they can't win the big games at the G, but uh, they've set themselves up for a big second half here. Christian Petrarca started on half forward. He booted three in the first half. Uh, and then sharing the love, yeah, the a lot of goals between <laughs> everyone else, which is interesting. We'll keep an eye on this one as it unfolds. Uh, disposals, Lockie Hunter, eighteen, McLuggage, Joe Danaher, fifteen in a, in a half. The big man for the Lions. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, I guess the big story going into this game was Grundy being omitted was the official word used, not rested, but omitted. So to me that sounds like dropped. Admitted it is dropped, (laughs) (laughs) admittedly. It's interesting. The the bloke who was essentially, you know, top five Ruckman Mm -hmm. in the comp last year at Collingwood coming in. Probably still arguably one of the talents to be. Yeah, on on talent you'd think so. Uh, Is it admitted? Is it rested? Who knows? It's, it's a long season. They uh, they bring in Van Ruyen, who, who's been very good up up front. Uh, well, I think that's the story. They want to try um, a different combination of tools and see mm. if that helps them. Because uh, uh, they're they're the team at the moment sitting there in fourth. They're trying to stay in touch with the, the three teams ahead of them. Um, uh, you know, to kind of push and to push away from all those teams behind them as well. They want to be up there in that conversation as being one of the best teams uh, in the comp. I'd be surprised moving forward if uh, Brody Grundy is omitted. Yeah, omitted. Yeah. From, I don't think he's going to be playing VFL for the next month. So no, I, I can't see it happening for the old unicorn. Um, look, if you, if you can have one of the best ruckmen in the AFL, why not have two? That would be my yeah. thinking. Saturday's games: the uh, Magpies take on the Dockers. Uh, uh, pies by, actually, yeah, Pies by a lot. <laughs> 
Is that the early game tomorrow? Oh, this is back to front here. Yeah, pot. <laughs> Pies by a lot. Freo did get uh, smacked up by Carlton at home last weekend and some pretty big ins for for Collingwood in, in Maynard. McStay, side bottom. They yeah. will be without Tom Mitchell. Uh, Dacos, yeah. is, it's his Brownlow outside of an injury or suspension? Yeah. Yes, outside of a suspension. <laughs> Can you bring out the odds there? Yeah, I, th- I was going to say if he does a very rugby league thing, um, then yeah, he might miss out on the round. I think he's about two fifty for odds. I thought he was shorter than that a couple of weeks ago. Monks will, Monks will chase that up. I'm sure. Uh, what else is happening tomorrow? The Suns take on the Saints. Well, that's the other big story in th- during the week. Chewy Jew gone. Gone. He'd been there six years. Yeah, I think this is. I think this is five, maybe. Five, yeah. yeah. He's been there a long time there. Well, he's their second coach in the history of the club? No, I think a few more than that, but not many. Not many, not many. I think that's probably the story. You know, it's been six years. Haven't really seen much improvement on their position on the ladder come season's ends. You know, it's um, – oh, five, five years, sorry. And um, uh, whether it's – you know, enough's enough. We can't keep going next year, next year. You know, are, are we going to be able to recruit the, the players that we need to improve if the coach is Stuart Jew? Like, can we get someone else, a big name, potentially to come live on the Gold Coast? Um, those I'll were the, on the Gold Coast. Um, <laughs> X's and O's. That's it, right? Yeah. Do you think oh, it's can't be that stiff, hard. given the teams that they've lost to recently? And did they win their last match? No, well, they lost to Port and they, they lost to Collingwood. So they lost to one and two. two. Yeah, and they're still within. And before that, they hammered Hawthorne. Yeah. yeah. And they're not, you know, too far outside the eight as well. They're like seven and nine. Yeah, they could, they're still, they're being competitive this year. I, I just feel like they've just had enough. And whether, you know, maybe some Hardwick uh, conversations have been had in the back rooms. Sure. You know, that's, that's been the conversations. Like, hey, can we go? Massive name coach like that, that'll help them do their recruitment drives, etc. Get some big players on the Gold Coast, but uh, I don't know. Gold Coast in both leagues has just been a it's a, it's it's a graveyard. A, yeah, exactly. So um, it's a tough, tough, tough place, tough gig um, for any coach. A little bit stiff for mine, uh, based on current performance. And I, and you follow those options outside of Hardwick. It's the man that's on screen at the moment. Is, is Buckley going to go there? Otherwise, it's going to be a first time head coach. Like, there's not a lot Bucky. of <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's not a lot of uh, talent out there at the moment that's available to come and uh, coach an AFL squad. They cost uh, uh, under under the two dollars. Under two dollars, uh, sitting at a dollar eighty. Uh, with Petrarch sitting right behind him at six. Well, not right behind him, six dollars. <laughs> and close. the Bont are uh, and Butters at ten dollars each. With Torino's rounding out the top five at twelve dollars. Petrarca has three goals in the first half here. Who knows? What do you get up there? Uh, that's, the, just that's, the, that's just the coaches, oh, coaches. coaches for the so Suns. He's so it's fourth. Fourth, fourth there. Fourth. Um, like, well, third official because there's two. There was an interim. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Third um, Rolling into uh, – Look at their win pet, percentages though. They, pet, that is pet a cemetery, fucking, Stephen King. <laughs> that is a fucking graveyard. 27, 26. Graveyard. It's a graveyard. And 29% win percentage. Yeah. 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 It's Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got it. Sorry, I talked over it. <laughs> Any more uh, Stephen King novels? Jake Nicholson, what's that one? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. What is that? Um, oh, it, yeah. Pennywise? Yep. Here's Johnny. Do you want to play? Here's Johnny. Let's go. 
Uh, let's roll into <laughs> the biggest game of the round by all accounts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Blues take on Port. Blues have got the season back yeah. on track. It would seem, although they've got to be. Yeah, a team. watch you get knocked off rails again. They they're going to be a team that's got twelve in a row. Yes. So it's no, uh, no. Uh, Easy task. No easy task, that's mm. for sure. They do play them at home and they've mm. looked like they've gone in the right direction. Really handled Freo very easily at mm. home last week mm-hmm. um, and it'll be interesting to see how they play Saturday night. There's, It's just so tight. It's so tight in those those teams that have got a sniff for, a, for the eight. They play Port this week. They play Collingwood at the G next week. I think they have to win one of those games to, to have a hope. Yes, mm. I tend to agree. And that's going to be a very, very tough ask, unfortunately, for Blues fans. Cats Bombers, dear GM HBO. I saw something in uh, mm-hmm. in the media this week. It's like the, the fourth time in the last 20 years that the Bombers have actually gone down the road to play the Cats. Mm-hmm. Seems the big mm-hmm. Melbourne clubs like to play Cats yep. in Melbourne. You yep. know, get big crowds, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, and yep. plus it's a bit of a fortress for Geelong. So, <laughs> yeah, they prefer not to go and play there because they <laughs> potentially lose. Um, but the Bombers, uh, uh, what do they sit, fifth moment? Fifth, yep, sitting yeah, fifth at the moment. And, yeah, this is a big test, obviously, with Cats kind of on that rise after a very slow start to the season. Um, they have, you know, for Bombers, yeah. they've got to, again, prove that point. Yeah, can they stick in the eight um, at the very least? Um, so, yeah, big, big game for the Bombers. Yeah, Geelong at home, though. Uh, yep. Big challenge. Yep. Uh, yeah, the odds have Geelong at $2.24 uh, and Essendon's out at $3.95 at the moment. That's pretty so. juicy. Yeah, 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 that's pretty juicy for Essendon mm. considering uh, where they are on the ladder and how they've been playing this year. Yeah. I guess it just talks of the fact that Geelong playing in Geelong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Carlton's favourite in the port game. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah. Yeah. Only, only just that is that is a very close one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Adelaide to Melbourne's not that far. So, <laughs> Crows Giants. <laughs> mm. There's the two teams that have been a bit of a surprise packet. They sit ninth and tenth. I think Crows at mm. home though. Mm. Um, that'll be the, the difference for me in this one. Tex Walker's got his eyes on a mm. Coleman. Mm-hmm. Mm. What are the odds? Who, who's say? leading the Coleman at the moment? Is it Tex? I think it's pr- it's pretty much a three horse race with Him, Tex Kerno uh, and. Uh, was Jeremy Cameron falling away? Nick Larky. Oh, yeah. Lark- yeah, Larky's four behind. Yeah. So Texan and Kerno 48 apiece and 44 for Nick Larky. Mm-hmm. How was that? Mm-hmm. North full forward. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, where do we get to? Crows, Giants? Yep. Yeah, Crows are actually was, pretty short in this one. Yeah, I think we all said Crows. Uh, where were we? Dollar yes. Dollar 32. Again, uh, GWS <laughs> are out at 3.30. Sunday, Ruse, Hawks. Mm. Trying to avoid the spoon. Trying to avoid this match. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we just talked about Larky a second ago. <laughs> Larky, yeah, he's, yeah. he's going for the Coleman. Mm-hmm. And Eagles, Tigers. I'd love to see the Eagles get an upset uh, over there. At home. Place. I don't see it though. I think the Tigers will be too good for the Eagles with what they, the product the Eagles we put together. And uh, Roos Hawks is a coin toss for me at the moment. That'll wrap mm. up the week in the AFL. Uh, buy rounds all done in the AFL. So, again, bu- business season, boys' season. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Uh, and few few big games. Keep an eye on there. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, yeah let's talk a bit of soccer. Bit yeah, of soccer. Soon. 
Boys, the biggest event in women's sport is about to kick off. And where mm-hmm. is it kicking off, you might say, in Australia and New Zealand? Yes, yeah, New Zealand. <laughs> well, it's technically, it's kicking off in New Zealand, but the Women's World Cup is uh, is about to be underway. It starts Thursday. Uh, New Zealand take on Norway over at Eden Park. Uh, I've had a look at the groups mm-hmm. and uh, I've I've made the assessment that mm-hmm. New Zealand should get out of their group. Ooh. Norway will be their biggest task. Mm-hmm. They should get through the Philippines. Yep, and then Switzerland. Tough challenge. Tough challenge, but I think New Zealand get through. Who gives a fuck about New Zealand? Let's talk about <laughs> the Matildas. <laughs> Sam Kerr, Ellie Carpenter, uh, Caitlin Ford and Co. Mm-hmm. They are about to be on the biggest stage in the world. They think it's going to be the most attended Women's World Cup uh, of all time when it comes to crowd numbers and viewership. Yep. Big game against Ireland on Thursday night. Uh, I think they're expecting about 80,000 there at a core stadium or, or Stadium Australia, whatever they're going to call it. Uh, it's They can't use the sponsorship name, so whatever it reverts back to. The Olympic Stadium? Yeah. Perhaps. Sydney Olympic Stadium, something like that? Stadium, stadium Australia. Australia. Stadium Australia. Stadium Australia. Let's go. <laughs> now, looking at this group, boys, Ireland, Nigeria, we should get through. I love the name of the Perth Stadium. What's the Perth Stadium? Perth Rectangular Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> well, so is Melbourne. Same with Melbourne, yeah. It's rectangle. The rectangle stadium. It's not a spare. I mean a square. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a spare is what you're bowling, bowling. <laughs> All right, boys. No, seriously. Uh, Canada are a pretty elite soccer team, so we've got to watch out for them. The Nigerians, they've been known to cause, cause an upset here yeah. or there. So must-win game, I would think. Uh, Thursday night against Republic of Ireland. There's going to be 80,000 in there cheering mm-hmm. on our Matildas. Uh, there's a lot of expectation as well. It's a home World Cup. Uh, the the Yanks have won two in a row. Uh, a lot of those European teams go pretty well as well. So be interesting when Monks brings up the odds. But uh, it's a must-win, I think, against Ireland. I think the girls are playing France right now as well in, a, in the last warm-up for the World Cup. Uh what, what else can we say? Have to be at Ireland and, and then go from there and, and get through the group in first. What do you got in front of you, Jimmy? Yeah, uh, it was actually really confusing. I thought we were all in for a good shot. But um, US, uh, as you said, favourites uh, mm-hmm. to win it outright at $3.50. Um, England behind them, $5. Spain, $6. Germany behind Spain at $8. Uh, for those wanting to put someone on Australia, they're $13 to win outright. Um, We've been pretty competitive against all those guys as well. So, yeah, don't sleep on the Matilda. Bit of cash. Let's go through the groups. Spain, Costa Rica, Zambia, Japan. You'd think Spain, Japan walk out of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Group D, if you wouldn't mind, Monks, keep scrolling. England, England, (laughs) Denmark, China, Haiti. Can you English? Good luck, Haiti, in that one, I would would think. Uh, Scrolling down to Group E, USA, Netherlands, Portugal, Good luck to Vietnam um, in that yes, one. Yeah, one too. France, Jamaica, Brazil, yeah. Panama. You'd think France and Brazil Still, get out of that. Yeah. Sweden, South Africa, Italy, Argentina. That's that's that'll be pretty tightly really contested. The yeah. Swedes obviously go very well in in the girls. And then what's what's a uh, group H? Uh, Germany, Morocco, Colombia, South Korea. I think Australia get out. I think New Zealand mm. get out. Uh, and then after that, it becomes knockout kind of shit. Uh, it's going to be good. It's, there's so many young girls around Australia that, you know, play soccer and, and are, are looking at this and thinking, well, this is this is a legitimate Two-week uh, tournament. Tournament, yeah, exactly. Uh, 
it's probably ends up being about a month. Yeah, no, well, it's fifth of oh, around the end 15th. of August. No, sorry, when we start in July. So yes, yeah, we're starting. You know, end yeah. of August. Uh, so so looking forward to it all unfolding. They think it'll be the most watched women's World Cup of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously, awesome. as yeah. as Aussie fans, we we hope that the Matildas can do uh, their best and and maybe nick it, win one. Well, get out of the group. Round of 16, quarters, semis. Yeah, win the whole thing. Let's see what happens. You guys see in the news this week, uh, the, they, they had 23 Matildas presenting the Matildas, their, their jerseys. That Yes, they had 23 young ladies uh, whose name was Matilda. Ah, <laughs> uh, gotcha. It's not bad. No, giving the, gotcha. giving the jerseys yep. to, the, to the Matildas. So that was quite <laughs> nice. Yeah. Side question. Yep. We didn't talk about it. But, uh, New Zealand think reminded me of it. Uh, what do you think about State of Origin going to New Zealand? I'm not against it. Yeah, I think if they're going to play neutral one at a neutral, yeah, neutral, it's a good way to grow. Roll it through, roll it through. Yeah. Have yeah. have one Adelaide, one Melbourne, one Perth, one Auckland. Yep. I'm I'm happy with yeah. that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I don't agree. That settled out like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, yeah. That would be my thoughts. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that sort of leads into like that whole like expansion as well. Like you obviously – you're always going to have New South Wales with uh, versus Queensland, but then do you have like that sort of New Zealand versus Ireland – um, oh, yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. do you have some other iteration of um, State of Origin where you can get some of those other players um, yeah. best of um, go up against each other as well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Final um, round time? Ding, ding, ding. Yep. And still... So, boys, Volk, he gets through Yair Rodriguez, third mm-hmm. round TKO after mm. a spear tackle, four yeah, weeks into the judiciary <laughs> for that one. <laughs> big takedown. He's, he's very good at fighting, isn't he, Falkonovsky? Mm. Yeah. A little bit after the fact with Ilya Tapuria. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the fight first. He had him pretty much measured up. What was your take on that one, Shauna? Yeah, I think I said it in the preview um, uh, Rodriguez has that scary kind of abilities. Like, will he surprise Volk or something? You saw him mm. throw some interesting um, shit, and you know, uh, Volk was just um, too up to it. Like, mm. He had, was really never phased or, or worried about any of that. Um, just mm. played his game, game plan. Um, could really take him down at will uh, and just beat him up when he wanted to. So. Uh, and that's pretty much a story of Volk's career uh, at the moment where, you know, you look at some of these guys, so he's fought what they look like post-fight and you can yeah, see, not see good. yeah, not good. He's done his work and, um, mm. you know, there's not much left for him in that division, um, as you mentioned before, um, uh, whether he, you know, takes another fight in the featherweight division with a, a guy that kind of middle rank that's, you know, coming up. Uh, you know, undefeated at the moment, or does he again go push his chances uh, at say um, lightweight? Um, you know, try mm. to take on Islam. I think Islam said he was injured, so he could be out. Uh, I've, I've seen, yeah, I've seen <laughs> jokes with um, <laughs> with the big news today with Hill having to renege the light heavyweight belt. Mm. Volk's going to go up and fight for that. <laughs> at light heavyweight, <laughs> yeah, light heavyweight. Why not? Yeah, put on the weight, but uh, you know, I, I think he can really do what he wants now. Mm. Um, he's got that belt and, yeah, he should yep. probably push for some competitive fights in the lightweight division. Yep. He's the longest title reign. I think he's over 1,300 days mm-hmm. worth of a title reign at the moment. Mm. Um, so he's just dominant. Absolutely well. Just Great for Australian champion. 
Just mm. looking at the stats here, he had 149 total strikes against 57. Mm. Seven takedowns to nil and then 66 significant strikes against 40. Yeah. Um, so irrespective of the knockout, just absolutely dominated. Yep. And one could argue they let that fight go 20 seconds too long yeah, as yeah. well when he was on top. Yeah. Mm. We've got we, we to talk about it. Obviously mm. we're biased. Mm. Is he the best pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world? Uh, I think Jones is probably number – for me, Jones is one. But I've been watching Jones fight since he came in the UFC. Uh, but Volk's very, very close to that. And I think, mm. you know, his work recently and his work rate probably helps as well because he's fought twice already mm. this year. Yep. Yeah, um, twice. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, fights quite regularly, um, has a great resume for what he does. You know, so, yeah, it's fair for him mm. to be a pound for pound number one. And Whereas Jones obviously going up a weight division. Yeah, took three years ha- off. Hadn't fought it for Yeah, yeah has, for, has for one win. Um, but also not over the, the – Current champ, like he had, you know, he's not the linear champ as you will. And we'll talk about that later on. Um, mm. But I just think John Jones, for mine, is um, oh, well. John Jones is probably the best fighter in the world. Um, yeah. So you know, Volks uh, in the pound for pound rankings is fair to be number one. Yeah. So opinion. yeah, after the weekend, he is number one for the moment. Well, it's equal. Tied, tied one Sorry. there with John no, Jones actually, on that I didn't one. Realize that one. Um, but yeah, like I suppose the only thing against John Jones is he's only had that one fight yeah. in the last couple of years. So, and on him, they did announce the Stepe fight. That's in October, I think now. So you know that's good to see, and that's a massive fight to see. But also for Stepe, I think he hasn't fought in two years. Yeah, be so big. so it's a big layoff for him too. How old is he? Forty. Yeah, getting close to it. Um, Whereas John Jones is still worth the face, which is crazy. It's wild. I think there's a reasonable argument for Volk to be the best pound for pound oh, fighter agree. in the world. Agree. agree. Stipe is 40 years old. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Young line like John Jones coming back. It's going to be a tough one. Uh, last fought March 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is That's two, two years. Two years and a bit. Yep. What are our thoughts with uh, Ilya Tapuria? Uh, mouthing off post fight, obviously uh, a good record uh, leading into this. If he does get the the Volk fight, I think Volk said something along the lines of "I'll stomp him." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thoughts. Yeah, well, I, I th- think from what we've seen from Volk, that's probably <coughs> accurate. So we'll we'll take that. Um, but you know, if there's a featherweight fight to make at the moment, that's the one because uh, he mm. just came off his victory. A couple of weeks ago, so pace out with Josh Hammond, I think. Yeah, exactly. So yep. you know that if they want to make another fight in the featherweight, that makes the most sense. But I think um, Volk's kind of at that point where he's a big enough star. Um, you know, there's some talk about getting him on that uh, card here in Australia in a couple of week, couple of weeks' time. I think <laughs> UFC two nine three, which is a huge turnaround. Um, but you know, we'll talk about Faf not uh, not Faf duplicity. We'll we'll fighting Israel on that card. Um, mm. So that's in eight weeks. Um, so it's well. Who would he fight? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Who who's going to be ready in that time frame? Like, you know, it's either force through, rush through a featherweight fight, or because mm. um, I think Islam's hurt at the moment and he's not going to fight until uh, end of the year, if not next. Before we get to not faff, mm. let's talk about <laughs> the uh, the the little fellas in uh, mm-hmm. in Alexandra Alexandre mm-hmm. Pantoja mm-hmm. and uh, and Brandon Moreno. This one went to split decision. Yep. 
for mine, it was a pretty clear winner. What do we think? Yeah, and if you look at it, uh, the split decision, the other bloke gave four rounds to Monero. So, uh, which, uh, you know, by all accounts, is like you, you, you don't give him four rounds in that fight. No. Um, like it was a competitive war. Like it was, you know, they fought very hard. But yeah, I think it's pretty clear who won that, um, which is pretty impressive um, considering um, Alexandra, he had been. I think an Uber Eats driver two years ago. Kind yeah, of wow. Like, you know, he, he won a fight a year or so ago and got a 50K um, a bonus and that's where he essentially dedicated himself to 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 the UFC. So, you know, to go from that fire to the featherweight I think is excellent because since Mighty Mouse, I think four champions or something like that. So adds a, adds another one to, to, that, to the list because it's between, you know, it was him, Figgy, then I think it was Cejudo and Mighty mm. Mouse were the four. Um, so for a division that's been on the precipice of dying for a very long time, mm. uh, it's great to see some more challenges in there, some more uh, names get pushed in it. So, um, yeah, I think it was a great win from him in a, in a great back-and-forth battle, a bit of a fight and a bit of a war, so it was good. And Brazil and has a champion again. Well, big for Brazil. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, you think about fighting, you think about mixed martial arts, you yeah. think about Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Brazil has a champion, I think it's big for, for the sport. Yep. It's unusual that there was this period where there was no Brazilian championship mm. uh, champion, if you would, uh, between the Nunes retirement yeah. and mm. and uh, obviously Pantoja uh, getting the win on the weekend. Uh, and in the in the men's, the, the likes of Glover, yep. the likes of Charles, the likes of Figgy, all uh, coming to, to um, you know, Giving up their belts in the in the last few years, so mm. Brazil does have a champion once again. Yep. Got to talk about this. It's it's path. yeah. Look, it wasn't a title fight, boys, but right. it may as well have been in terms of the significance yep. of uh, yeah. of what's going on in terms of the middleweight division and the words that were exchanged after this fight. Uh, Drakus Duplessis. Uh, he really he did piece up Robert Whitaker. Yeah, knocked him out. Mm. Credit credit to where credit's due, but uh, perhaps the the biggest talking point of the evening was the words in the yeah, octagon the after the fight. Yeah, what are our thoughts there? Uh, well, I, you know Israel's been in the media and wanted, yeah, you know this this result. Uh, this is what he wanted is his next fight, um, uh, and mm. uh, I, I think. I, I, I think the hyping up of the fight's fine. I think the language used is probably where it went a little bit over the board, yep. especially in a pay-per-view mm. that, you know, live event. Um, and, you know, the reports of kind of like trying to uh, goad your opponent into um, saying certain words as well. Um, it was baiting, I thought. Yeah. 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 Um, but credit yeah. to Drake because he didn't really take any of that and they'll go back and forth in the – Media leading up to this yeah. fight, which by all accounts will probably be at UFC 293 when they do it in Australia, but that is an eight week turnaround, so they're going to sort that out rather soon if it's going to be the case. Mm. Um, on the on the fight itself, um, I think it's probably the worst fight I've seen Whitaker fight in a long time. I really didn't seem up for this, but he also has a bit of an issue that his um, chin just isn't the same as what it was. Mm. Um, uh, post the Yoel Romero fights, so yeah. uh, he's always um, yeah, even against Is- Israel. There's always that moment where he, he gets tagged with one and he gets dropped, and you're like, "Oh shit, here we go again!" Um, yeah. And you know, it kind of fell through the, in this one with 
Drake's been a very strong lad at, at the middleweight division. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting fight um, for uh, for Israel. But uh, uh, I'm not sure if it's just too quick of a fast tracking tracking for him. Uh, but we'll see. Your thoughts, Max? Um, yeah, so after that win, Drakus does jump four spots up mm, to that number one, to one contender. Um, I don't know, like rightfully so, but has Izzy sort of drunk the Kool-Aid a little bit too much? Is he don't know. too much? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's definitely an interesting fight. Um, they obviously got very, very different builds. Mm. Um, whether that leads into a different fighting style, I'm probably not too sure. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I just, I'm just not, not a huge fan of the, the heritage um, kind of like, you know, rhetoric. And it was gross. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, considering, it's considering Israel fought as a Chinese fighter for most of his pride careers. Kind of, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, well, his, his K1 career, sorry, his kickboxing career. Mm. Yeah, he, was, he was like, um, yeah. Yeah, and that's why I sort <laughs> I'm of not sure. like. I'm not sure this is the right angle, bro. Yeah, and that's why I sort of gets, went to the point of like, is he sort of drinking his own cool a little bit? Is he just a little bit too. Um, Whatever sells fights. Yeah. yeah, and I mean that's it as well. Like he obviously knows how to market, market himself, market the UFC. He's a style bender for a reason. Um, he's always going to have that flair and try and drop some um, controversy. Like oh, the obvious um, person you think about when in doing that is obviously Conor McGregor as yeah, well. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, it's it's the business that they're in as much as punching each other in the face. Like mm. it's it's marketing. But, um, but he only went after their religion and their missus. So. <laughs> it's only small. <laughs> yeah. Nothing worse. Nothing at all. Nothing yeah. At all, yeah. Um, yeah, it is interesting. Um, obviously talking about Izzy as well. Still still going on about that um, mega fight between Elon Musk and um, Mark Zuckerberg uh, posted during the week. I got this. Izzy, yeah. Yeah, he is. He's ripped. Ribs, yeah. He is also 15 years younger or something. <laughs> uh, he, um, he will have a significant um, size disadvantage, but um, yeah, I, I think yeah, the, the skill yeah. and uh, the training will probably be the difference. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Grappling against a world champion in Israel, Adesanya, over the week, real or not, it's, um, yeah, some of those photos um, of him, of Israel. Uh, Zuck and Volk as well. Um, sparring is, yeah, pretty formidable. Mm-hmm. Let's wrap up the main card. Dan Hooker getting the win against Jalen Turner. Big for him as well. decision. Uh, did you guys see the x-rays of the hangman after this one? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Might be out for a little bit. <laughs> clean, clean break of the owner, clean orbital bone. We'll talk about it pre-show. We think. Think maybe it's orbital, maybe it's not. Essentially, clean break in his forearm and a clean break in his face, and uh, it was a scratch, according to the hangman. Good to see him back in the winners' circles. Uh, obviously, lost to the biggest names that there is mm-hmm. in uh, the lightweight division, uh, and no one can question the bloke's toughness. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and mm. really helps. Uh, two on the trot sounds a lot better than one from your last five. So, mm. um, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, was he was very much in that conversation of uh, it was he on his way out of the UFC. Um, getting two wins really helps put you back in the conversation mm. uh, and get your ranking back at the at the tenth. So, um, you know, hopefully he doesn't end up being the gatekeeper he kind of is at the moment. 
uh, getting like a young talent and Turner and pushing him away or getting smashed by uh, the the top tier guys, like getting stuck there. Hopefully, he push him push himself back into the into the top of the, the lightweight division. Mm. Um, but other than that, it was uh, a pretty tough fight for him. It looked like Turner. Like, how did he eat Turner's head kick? Um, uh, I will never know, but he, but he did and <laughs> fought through it and, um, yeah, it was a big, tough fight. And what do you reckon about Bo Nickel, the the bloke he's been talked up by the UFC? Cru- crushes cans, bro. <laughs> <laughs> cans to be crushed. And 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 credit to Val Woodbourne for, for taking this fight Final on a week's, note, a week's notice <laughs> at most, yeah. at most. But uh, Bo Nickel, it seems, would be the real deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's got that real kind of country boy strength, some yeah. might say. Oh, he's got a huge wrestling background. Wrestling so. background. <laughs> he's five and zero. Oh. He doesn't have a ranking, so he needs one. He needs a ranking. He needs to fight some ranked dudes now. He deserves a ranking, from yeah. what I can see. Yeah, yeah. Well, they put him on. He's been on the back end of the pay per views for I think his last three fights. So mm. um, he's definitely a star that they, they know is going to be. Uh, coming through the middleweight division, uh, just a question of how quickly they want to push him through. But yeah, thirty-eight second knockouts in the, in the first round is uh, light work. So dominant, mm. yeah. The shortest fight, you know, fighter in UFC history. The minus, I think it got to minus three thousand three hundred and thirty-three when it was the last one I saw. So very, very short. Very I think short. it was the shortest in history. You see on this card as well the amount of first round finishes there was. Yeah, was a lot. five. Yeah. Five, yeah. Uh, undercard, we've got to talk about Ruthless Robbie. <laughs> yeah. His retirement fight. So getting the, mm. getting the big knockout there of Nico Price. Um, he was the underdog in this one. Yep. Yeah, mm. he'd had a bit of an up and down back end of his career, but it was a great way to see him finish off um, uh, his career um, with a very classic uh, Robbie knockout. Hangs his gloves up with pride. Robbie Lawler, future UFC Hall of Famer. Oh, definitely. Given everything for the sport. We have to talk about the Aussies, obviously, being Aussies down here. Jimmy Crute goes down to Alenzo Menefield. Uh, I think that was via dis, uh, submission. Submission, yeah. And um, Jack Della Madalena missed out on the fight against Sean Brady. He fights to Sunday. Yep. So they, they found him a replacement. On yeah. UFC Vegas 77, Basil Hafiz. Uh, he's on the undercard to Holm versus Silva. Yep. Uh, so hopefully uh, backs up well and gets yeah. a win there. On Jimmy Crute, I think he, you know, some retirement chat, but I think he said he's going to take some time away um, from the from the sport, kind of reevaluate because you know it was kind of fast tracked. He was up there in the in the light heavyweight um, division rankings, and then you know, mm. as you do, you run into. Some really talented dudes and uh, lost his way a little bit, lost his confidence. So um, hopefully he can go away and find that. And as I mentioned before, um, I don't want to say the light heavyweight belt is now cursed <laughs> since John Jones has taken it, but that's, you know, you can't defend it and you get significant injuries when you've got it. So um, uh, Jamal Hall, ha- Hill, sorry, has. Um, a ruptured Achilles, which is a huge injury. Mm. Mm. Um, so, you know, he has dropped the belt and it's kind of timely because uh, UFC 291 has Alex Pereira taking on Jan. Uh, Polish name is too long for me to pronounce. Blahovic. <laughs> yeah. uh, for, I guess, a number one contenders fight, essentially, because um, uh, uh, I think Hill was gearing up for that 
Um, I'm not going to say Petrarca because it's not. It's Prohashka. Prohashka. Um, fight because I think that was yeah. coming up in the not too distant future. So, yeah, whether that fight, you know, it's the co-main uh, does become for the light heavy belt. Uh, I think it could very well do. It makes the most sense at the moment because outside yeah. of Uriah that I mentioned a second ago, um, is it Glover? I think it would be the only ones in the rankings. Yeah, the rankings there, Mas. In the light heavyweight division for me, period. Uh, no, Glover's not there. He's, he's one through four, please. Uh, so you got, uh, yeah, Yuri Praka, mm-hmm. uh, Magomed, and Kleva. Yep. Uh, Jan Plahovic, yep. Alexandra Rachik, mm. Nikita Krylov. I really fucked you with that last time. <laughs> I was going to say, I was, I was like, right here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, uh, where, where's, the, where's the Yanks in that list? Um, yeah. Uh, not many. Not many. No, not many. Johnny yeah. Walker. Keep it walking. Uh, Johnny Mesa. Yeah, so <laughs> that's too. But Anthony you, Smith. But you got Jan there at three, and Alex is coming up a division. Like I just think it makes too much sense um, mm. for that for that to be the belt. But then, no, that adds an interesting conversation for for Glover then, considering uh, he's his coach essentially, very close friends. What does that mean in that division? But either way, it's a interesting conundrum. We'll see. See, you know, because that's two weeks. Two yeah, weeks. Two, two, two weeks. Think, yeah. Yeah. Whether mm. they they make that change or not. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to duck out for a wee wee. Yep. You guys going to take boxing and yep. into F1? Yeah, sure. sure. We can do that. Uh, so massive boxing news, I guess. Um, Tyson yeah. Fury finally has a confirmed fight and it's going to be against Francis Nungano in a boxing match. Yep. I'm not sure if they've announced how many rounds it's going to be, whether it'll be eight or 12. Um, but supposedly it's not for the title, um, which is the WBF. Mm. Title, I think. Uh, WBC. WBC is title is what Fury's got. Yep. So it's uh, not for that, uh, but it will count for the official rankings because it's a yes. professional match, not a exhibition or some amateur shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's it. Um, which is yeah, interesting, and that's in. Uh, so it's going to be in October, twenty eighth of October, uh, in Saudi Arabia. Ah, uh, so yes, so the Saudis get their deal done. Because um, they've been trying to put together a whole bunch of heavyweight fights. Um, looks mm. like Joshua and Wilder, not against each other, but they should have their own fights um, in uh, that area yep. towards that uh, part of the year. So what do you think of Francis versus Fury there? Interesting. Interesting. Um, I think the biggest thing for Ngannou, and like it, again, you're comparing MMA to boxing, but he's yeah. always had that cardio um, sort of issues, um, heading deep into five rounds, five minute rounds. Yes. Um, how that compares to minutes deep. yeah, how that compares to boxing, um, three minute rounds. Again, we don't know how many rounds yet um, that the fight will be. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, Ngannou being a heavyweight, yeah, he doesn't one, have to worry punch about knockout. Doesn't have to worry about wrestling or anything like that. So yeah, you know, you, you see some favors to to him, like he's got the. Uh, you know, punch a chance. He's got the power. But yes. Then you, yeah. We've seen Fury rise like the Undertaker from <laughs> Wilder knocking him down. So uh, I'm also not too worried because um, there's a pure boxer and pure boxer talent. Uh, Fury's been the best of that for um, uh, for a very yeah, long time, very long and time, yeah. a, it's an interesting take because they're billing it as the two. Um, 
well, the heavy, the linear heavyweight champions, because um, mm. Fury took all four belts, belts from Klitschko. Um, yep. Didn't do all his mandarins, so a few belts went away. He came mm. back, got another belt back. So he's never actually been defeated as a heavyweight champion. Yep. So yeah, he's still yeah. technically the linear champion. Um, and then Francis, of course, won the UFC belt and then hasn't been built or beaten since he got the belt. Mm. Um, John Jones now has that belt, but of course, um, yep. you know, it, he, uh, Francis's belt was taken off him when he did his PFL deal. So. Yes. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's know, it. linear champions, as you will, as in they were the champions and haven't been defeated as mm. a champion. Um, uh, interesting billing. It's, I think it'll sell really yeah. well. It'll make oh, it'll sell great. Yeah, by all accounts, Francis is getting paid more in this one fight than he did his whole UFC career. <laughs> Generally, seems to be the way it goes when they sign up to this. Yeah, these boxing matches. Yeah, I think it'll do massive money. Um, uh, Francis mm. is probably not as big a household name as say Conor McGregor was when he fought. Um, uh, Mayweather, but no, um, yeah, um, I, I think it's it'll still do really, really well, and they'll both make fuckloads of yep. money out of it. So. Yeah, well, any of these fights they'll make, even if it's yeah a tenth of what the Mayweather yeah, McGregor yeah. fight was, they're still making a lot of money. I think yeah, you're always going to run into that problem, like you said, Fury with a boxing background. There's just a technical aspect to it that a lot of MMA fighters just don't seem to. Not necessarily get, but just it's don't just, have in their repertoire. You got to remember, it's um, levels of this shit. So yeah, that's it. And like, while it's it's fine in the first couple of rounds, as you start getting deeper in the rounds, start getting a little bit more gassed, that's when like your brain switches off and you just go back to technique. And I think that's where, especially with a lot of these boxing matches, where the boxers do come out on top because they can rely a little bit more on the instinct and yeah. technical aspect of boxing, whereas. Um, yeah, MMA fighters might not have that same sort of range yeah. when they're. And you, you got to also think about the reach and size in this. Like, Fury's bigger than basically anyone that fights heavyweight. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's very difficult for you as a guy that doesn't do boxing professionally uh, to be able to like close that distance and get in to be even allow those land those power shots. So mm. yeah, I think it's going to be a tough day in the office for for Francis. But you know, he's a big dude's guy. He'll have a puncher chance. Yeah. Finish, well, we'll run through some F1. Run through some F1. Yeah. Give, us, give us some new, new, new. Bastion Vettel. New, 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 new. So we had Silverstone uh, last weekend. Mm -hmm. um, it was the racing between podcasts. Uh, Max Verstappen wins again. Shock. Uh, <laughs> but the big shock, I guess, was the McLarens. Uh, they qualified second mm. and third and they finished second and fourth. And that was only a late safety car that... Uh, allowed Lewis to steal third place from our man Oscar, but it was his highest finish for the Australian. We will take mm. that, but it's a huge improvement for the McLaren. They, by all reports, look like a rocket ship now. They've um, yeah. did a massive upgrade going to Silverstone, so um, that's a really big uh, improvement for them. So we'll see if they can keep it. You know, Ferrari's kind of fallen off. Max is out in front by himself. Mercedes yep. are there and thereabouts, and then Perez has been struggling to qualify. So. Um, mm. That's kind of the, the story of the season so far, and uh, Max is waiting for a challenger. To the point that he had a 24 second lead, and on the second last lap, he pitted to get fresh tires so he could get the fastest lap on the last lap um, and get us extra single point. 
Um, yeah. Is he taking the piss now? Or? That essentially is taking the piss. <laughs> like his team was saying, no, yeah. we don't need to risk it. Like you don't want to go into pits and fuck something. Um, but, he, you know, he came out, he still had a two-second lead. Sure he did and, that in the Belgian Grand Prix as yeah, well. Yeah, but I think his lead was longer in that one. In mm, this one, yeah. you know, um, uh, they came up – actually, that was the Austrian Grand Prix. They came up closer. Sorry, yeah, Austrian. Um, sorry, yeah, so they came up closer than that. But I, my point is that, yeah, he's kind of taking the piss at the moment with how, how good he's going. Mm. Um, Perez on the other side, maybe not so good. And then that leads us into the conversation about mm. Daniel Ricciardo is back, baby. Um, <laughs> he did a tire <laughs> test at Silverstone on uh, a super hard compound, I think is what they were doing. Um, but he mm. was seven hundredths of a tenth off uh, Max's pole qualification, which is yeah, very impressive he, considering he was on such a hard of compound of tire. Yeah. Um, in a comparable, you know, he was driving a Red Bull, so. Um, by all accounts, uh, Horner called um, Marco and said his pace is really good. And Marco said, "Cool." And then he rang him back and said, "I've just sacked Davies." And that was the conversation. <laughs> uh, so he's like, "Yep, Danny accepted the, the role." Like they obviously did it on the day. He's now, as I said, Davies is out, um, been sacked, which is unfortunate for him because he's actually an older rookie driver. He's mm. twenty seven, twenty eight. Mm. Um, so you know. He's run out of chances in F1 and they really didn't give him much here at AlphaTauri and uh, Ricardo will mm. go into the second team there along Yuki because um, uh, Tavis had been about three-tenths slower than uh, Yuki across the whole season and they yep. really pushed him. He couldn't really improve. So known commodity and Danny, can Danny go in there and, um, yep. uh, you know, out-qualify Yuki? Uh, yeah. And then the conversation, if he starts out-qualifying – Perez, who's uh, hasn't made Q three in five races, uh, yeah. which is um, you know very very bad for a Red Bull standpoint, considering Max is getting poles and winning races, he should be second mm-hmm. uh, quite regularly or in the top five, not starting fifteen or back. Yeah, um, was- you know, in a much worse machine. Yeah. Then there's a conversation as well: Does Danny Rick make a good good spot for us in 2024? That's the strategy that um, Danny's obviously gone with. That's how he thinks he can get back in that spot. Yep. By all reports, he's got a seat at AlphaTauri, which won't be called that next year because um, of the rebranding. And I think, you know, if they rebrand it to Red Bull something or other, having Danny as a face of that really helps. Mm. Um, yeah, so there's by all reports he's got a seat already for next season at AlphaTauri. Um, mm. But, you know, I think he's pushing. I want to be, you know, standing next to Max. I want to, yep. you know, be helping win a world um, champ, you know, constructors championship and then, yeah, maybe yep. even bring a, win a couple races or even push Max. Yeah, um, compete with him next year. That's it. Um, and I think yeah, you, you said it before. I think like Alvatari doesn't have race day pace. Yeah, they're um, like the it's one hard of the worst teams. To, yeah, yeah, that's they've really taken a step back, which yeah. is a hard hard sell in a deal like this for Danny. Like he's going back to what is essentially what would have been Renault a few yeah. years ago. And he ago, said during a few last ago. season he didn't last want to do that. He didn't want to sign with Haas. He didn't want to yeah. sign with bottom end teams. But um, I think he sees. But yeah, Alphatari is always it's aside from <laughs> um, yeah, aside from Perez, mm-hmm. you become a Red Bull driver through Alphatari. So yeah, I think Alphatari Danny having, Danny's quote was, you know, yeah. I, I'm I'm glad to be back with the Red Bull family. Yeah, no, I'm not. Hey, I'm glad to be racing for Alphatari. Like, yeah, I, I think it kind of he pushes his you know his goal. Yeah, again, he got his Red uh, Red Bull seat through Toro Rosso back in the day. Okay, so yeah. it's it's that natural yeah. progression for him. Of, full circle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's, it's really being able to show that he can out-qualify Perez who, like you mentioned, 
hasn't been doing yeah. well in qualifying. Do better than Yuki, show that he's got that pace. And then, yeah, if he yep. starts pushing Perez qualifying, and we've got Hungary next weekend, mm. uh, yeah, some serious questions will start being asked. Because yeah, um, it. it's interesting because Horner again during the week reconfirmed that Perez seat's safe. Um, but we had the same thing about Gasly and then Alex Albon took over. Like they, they yep. are pretty quick to put to the sword drivers that are underperforming. That's um, it. And, you know, um, they don't really have a long-term need for Perez in that relationship. Um, yeah. So, that yeah, they could go back to it's, Danny. Yeah. And, and again, even going back to DeReeves, like it's a cutthroat sport. Like if Danny doesn't take this seat, it goes straight to someone else who's come up through F2. There's yeah. heaps of reserve drivers. Yep. I think Liam Lawson was going to be the person that Marco would have called exactly. straight after Danny and he would have been without a seat this year, next season, yeah, probably for another few seasons until um, – Yeah, and then he's, he doesn't have those years left unfortunately. So Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's great for us Australians, um, two Australians on the grid, first time yeah. since 2011 I think when it was Ricardo yeah. starting Weber and, and, and – yeah, yeah, and Weber finishing up his career. So, yeah. But anyway. We're entering facility season in F1. You know, there's rumours of Lando's got a deal done with Ferrari for 2025. Um, Carlos Sainz got a deal the same year for Audi and Leclerc's going to go to Mercedes. Um, mm. But then, you know, Lando's following Red Bull Racing on Insta. and Marco uh, was talking to Lando's agent. Yeah, exactly. That's Silverstone as well. They want to do that Max, um, Max Lando combination dream team kind of look. Um, so, you know, you're in the who the fuck knows kind of period. And yeah. Uh, it's it's early season, so we'll we've only ten races in. There's another sixteen, I think, to go. Mm, yeah. um, so it's a long season, and there'll be a, a lot more uh, to come. And you know, there's pictures of Toto Wolf um, meeting with Devries during the week. Uh, Mick Schumacher was testing with McLaren mm. uh, as well. So you know, there's uh, yeah. plenty. There's not enough seats, and there's plenty of good young drivers um, trying That's knocking it. down the door. Yeah. Talking about the socials and stuff, I think I saw over the week as well just like a little feel-good thing as well. So mm. obviously with uh, Ricardo testing, he was in the garage in the, in his yeah, good old in seat. the seat um, just like doing his thing and um, Sebastian Vettel, who's an advisor with Rebel, came up and had a quick chat with him as well, which was kind of cool, that full circle thing yeah, as well. Surprise, surprise Danny being, too. Yeah, teammates um, as well. So. <laughs> Seb was also running um, uh, Senna's uh, McLaren around Silverstone too. So. Uh, I feel like getting ready for the Goodwitch. They did the the Goodwitch um, Festival of Speed or some shit like that in England. That's happening right right now. So um, mm. yeah, uh, I think he was because they were taking that car to that. And I think he was giving it a stretch in its legs since it was done. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, that is that is F one. Another yes. race in a week's time. No race this weekend. Race following nope. weekend. Yep. Wimbledon. Yeah, we'll wrap it up, boys, with uh, Wimbledon. So into the semis in, mm-hmm. I think, both the, the uh, ladies the girls are and the finals. men. Uh, Alcaraz v Medvedev, mm-hmm. Yannick Sinner versus the Joker. The, I suppose the biggest talking point is can the Joker win four in one year? Mm-hmm. Well, this this be number three he needs to do it and he's got some challenges and uh, he made some interesting comments after his quarterfinals win and it was just like, yeah, I can't be beaten. Mm-hmm. Um, but but with the, you know, not – he said I, I'm not because I'm overly cocky. It's because, you know, I'm up the top. Um, I'm being chased by all these young guys. Mm. They're after me. You have to come and beat me if you want to win this uh, – win a Grand Slam. And, you know, he's right. He's the GOAT. So um, uh, he's a heavy favourite against – And a buck 20. 
Um, so I think it's looking like him and Carlos for a very tasty um, final. But having said that, um, was it Medvedev that beat him last year at Wimbledon to, to prevent him from getting the, the, the sweep? It might before? have been. Um, uh, either, either way, like, you know, he's going to have a good challenger come out of the other side of the grid. If he does his job and beats Sinner, you know, massive upset if um, Sinner gets, gets it here. He was eighth seed. Over to the girls, Ons Jabu are taking on Marketa Vondrasova. Mm-hmm. Hope I said that right. Mm-hmm. Ons uh, starting his favourite, has never won uh, a major or a Grand Slam as um, as she goes into it. Going to be interesting. She's seeded versus the unseeded Vondrasova. Uh, it's all going to play out over the weekend. Yep. And bit of golf, chat. Bit of golf. The British Open is a week away. They're playing in Scotland. Uh, Scotland, the home of golf. Uh, what do you got there, Monks? Oh, F- F1. Going back to F1. Yeah, we, we can talk about golf first if you want. Finish, finish the golf. <laughs> not, not, not too much to talk about. Just uh, the British Open is uh, a week away mm-hmm. and it's going to be an interesting lead up in the, in the, in the Scottish Open uh, to see what happens there. Yeah, there's been some interesting... Uh, conversations during the weeks or well, last week uh, to do with the merger because it's going through, um, I think, US courts because they kind of review or major mergers like this um, and some of the, the takeaways and like, um, you know, how Greg Norman was essentially going to be axed. Yeah. Um, the, the conversations about having a, a PGA tournament in Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. and then having uh, the live golf type tournaments, so team based tournaments. Um, around the other PGA events and other places. So, um, you know, kind of showing what they've semi-agreeing to. Sure. Um, uh, but, you know, then you had uh, Ricky's comments during the week. And it was like, hey, if there was only live golf, I'd be retired. So yep, yep. Um, I don't think he's keen on some of those kind of concepts, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And Monks, you've, uh, it's quite interesting you can bet on whether Danny Ricardo. Um, outraces uh, Sergio Perez. Really? Yeah. yeah. What's the pain? If he beats him in one mark. race, it's he. You pay in a dollar fifty. So, mm. um, so yeah. the rest of season sixteen. Uh, actually, it's pretty to beat Yuki in seven different races is paying a dollar seventy two. So they're, they're saying, they're, yeah, they're, well, they're saying <laughs> in the next sixteen races he's gonna yeah. you know, out he beat him in. Um, well, onwards, he's yeah. going to beat him in all those. Yeah, there's no market for anything less than six. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, there you go. To beat Yuki in all remaining races is paying sixty one dollars. Uh, that's such an odd thing to bet on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just I was looking at odds for Wimbledon, and that like market came up. So uh, obviously creating a lot of stirs um, in Australia, which is. Good to see for a, an F1 fan. It's, indeed, it's a bummer indeed. he's driving a giant turd, so we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see. <laughs> Again, when I want to see things, we'll have to see how that plays out and whether he actually has some decent pace in, in, in a giant turd. Thank you, everyone, that's listened <laughs> on the SQ tonight. We appreciate the listenership, is that a word? Uh, the... Sure. Lions lead the D's by 21 points heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, big game. Can the Lions win at the MCG? Seems they can play three quarters there, that's yeah. for sure. We'll watch the yep. end of it and uh, report back to you next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go Aussies in the Ashes. New South Wales 
clean sweep next year. That's probably what we've got to take out of this. 3-0, 2024. <laughs> yep. Uh, but Don't pick all, the wrong team again. In all, seri- <laughs> in all seriousness, <laughs> let's go Aussies uh, as we go to Old Trafford and uh, mm-hmm. we will mm-hmm. chat next weekend, maybe the weekend after, on the Esky here. Thank you to those that have listened. May mm. God have mercy on your soul, <laughs> etc. <cetera. laughs> Bye. Bye.